this like radio show because he worked at a radio show right out of high school in the desert it was on myspace and so what we would do is and like when he came back into the band or came back hanging out with us or whatever he was like hey man i need people that can like help me do this because i have a couple guys that help me but they're just they're into it because they can get into shows like i need people that will help me and actually like make things happen so I was like, dude, let me tag along to like an event and like let me see what i can do so i go out there and i help him with a bunch of stuff he's like dude you're on so we would go and we would interview bands. He would record it on his recorder and then he'd pop it up on MySpace. So his top, his five songs on his MySpace would be interviews we would do. Uh huh. And then as like MySpace progressed, you were able to have like a feed of just music that would go from like a, a like if you just had a hundred songs, you could shuffle all the songs through. Mm. And we, we were reaching out to labels. We were reaching out to, and then we were getting demos. We were getting leaked stuff. We were getting CDs. We were getting a bunch of stuff. Oh, you guys were hot then. Oh dude, he blew up. He blew up. Oh. And so I say he blew up because again, he got fucking weird and he like left to, he like left out of the desert where we're from and kept doing it through like other cities or whatever and like all himself though never had any real help outside of like when me and my other friends were doing it with him and then he came out here and continued to do it but then picked up tour driving so that kind of took over because now he's getting paid to go on tour and interview people and talk to people right (sighs) that's the dream but you think right and i'm and so when I initially came back out out here and like hooked up with him, I was like, you know, hey man, let's do that. And he's like, yeah, dude, I'm definitely. And then we did it for like a year, and he uh, he stopped. He stopped. He wanted to. He's like, no, I don't want to do it anymore. He's like, I just. It had gotten you know the podcasting world and all that had gotten so much ahead of him. He was like, man, I don't want to have to catch back up. And mm-hmm. like, you know, the cloud of MySpace wasn't around anymore. He has a YouTube channel, but, you know, it's comparative now. It's shitty quality. Like, it's not good quality stuff. You know, mm. it's it's shitty camera work. And mm. it was cool in 2010. Yeah. You know. So, I mean, but he still has a shit ton of connections, man. And a lot of the stuff my band did, a lot of the stuff being able to network and being able to get out was because of the connections we made through doing this. And like, you know, we know a good amount of artists and a good amount, he knows a shit ton of more people than I do, but I even feel like I know a good amount of people just through doing that. And it's always been something I'm interested in because it's music, movies, just, it was always music first, but he was like, hey, if we if we do bring it back, I think it has to be like a pop culture. Like it has, do you ever listen to Dan Levitard? No. Or like Deuces and Marrow, the, no. the Bodega Boys? No. no. So like, There's a whole West Coast thing well, Bodega I know Boys nothing are about. From, are from New York. They're, okay. they're the dudes that are on Vice. They Deuces and Marrow on Vice. You never watched that show at night? The two I black probably dudes? can recognize them. Yeah, but, you probably yeah. would. And then Dan Levitard is like a sports guy, but he has a like a f- podcast he's had for like five years, and they they'll cover sports topics, but then they talk about just like anything pop culture that's relevant, and they joke about it. Very cool podcast. And I get a lot of my sports info and a lot of my media info from from that. Um, but so yeah, you, you guys see yourself doing like a Schultz Charlemagne thing. Um, I don't know about a Charlemagne thing, but. He, uh, he's coming to, uh, so I went from, I haven't recorded since I got my wisdom teeth out 
How you doing, by the way, with that? Today's the first day I feel like normal. Thank God. Yeah. And like can actually like chew. I was eating All stuff of them? today. All four? All four. It's fucking horrible. I didn't go to sleep. That's horrible. The only one that came out okay was this one. This They all fucked up. Fucking horrible. It was rough, dude. But uh, so I'm from having no interviews tomorrow to having two. So he's actually coming down and I'm interviewing him. And then he's coming down again and we're going to like prep. I already have like stuff written down and like an idea of kind of where I think it should go. You know, but we're going to sit down. Hey, what do we want? For Common Chaos? No, no, no. For, for I hate the scene. For bringing it back. Like, I'm pretty sure we're doing it. We're, we're, it's just, so for him, he's going, he's, he's on like, God, there's so much. Are we starting? I don't want to fucking cut us off. You know what? Let's just, let's just get right into it. So let me do my little spiel and then I'm, we just, we'll get weird. Practice and. Welcome to another episode of Knives Monroe versus the podcast. I'm your host. I'm with Brian Kern. What's up, everybody? I've we've been wanting to make this happen for a long time, and uh, you're old school, and I really appreciate that. You wanted to do it face to face. I mean, I've done. I've I've talked to people from Prague. You know, like I've yeah. I've gone. I've talked to people from different countries, and obviously, you have no choice but to do it that way. But I, I'm I'm very. I just want to get it. I'm not too precious about it, but anytime I have an opportunity for someone to come to the crib mm-hmm. to do it, I want to do it. So we scheduled we scheduled this out, I mean, back in 2019. And so we've met in 2018, and so here we are, 2020. We're getting it in. And um, By the way, you're my staple year-end guest, by the way. Well, thank you. You've been my year-end guest, 2018 and 2019. So well, I think shit, you're yeah. just going to be my staple. from. Like, Let's do it going into 2021. Uh, I can't even think that far oh dude it's so crazy it's it sounds alien already. to me to, to say 2021 but um so yeah uh, go go back to what you were talking about uh bringing the scene back uh muscle white it's so i hate the scene yeah so i hate the scene is this show we used to do together and he wants to bring it back and it's it's about you know aligning right and i think he's in a position where he's still trying to figure out himself and what he really wants to do and uh I, what i was going to mention is i think that you know, we all hit that eventually, right? We all get on that path where we're like finding ourselves. And I feel like it's probably a little bit more, uh, a little bit more current in like my life and maybe your life, I think, because at least from what I can see, my perspective, I, I see you killing it. And like, when I say killing it, I mean, you're doing your work, you're hitting your podcast every day, yeah. you're like doing it right. Yeah. And to me, that's a part of the struggle of like finding yourself. Like that's a part of you yeah. answering whatever calling you're trying to answer or mm-hmm. following your dream, right? Yeah, yeah. And when you don't do anything or when you're stagnant, yeah, it's because I don't know if you know what you want to do. Right. And I think right. that's where he's at right now, but he's mm. getting like, he just, he just got back from a tour last night. So he's touring, he's doing that. And I think that's getting him realizing the opportunities that are going to come along with it. And then, so it's just a matter of us putting out a game plan and executing on it. But I feel like you're the, the, the strategist when it comes to that. When it comes to getting things done and making some moves, I'm big on like I'm big on strategy. I don't know if I'm the guy, but I'm big on like having a plan, like because that's I fucked up by not having plans in the past for sure. So I want to talk about your past because I don't know much about you. Go. Um, I've had the privilege. Let me turn off my phone. I've had the privilege of um, of being on your show, the Common Chaos Podcast, but I've never asked you how you created the show and why when you created the show. I've never asked you. I, I know kind of nebulously where you're from i never really asked you about how you grew up what you were into um and spoiler alert to to my audience i mean you've you're doing jujitsu you've you fucked with music you fucked with stand-up comedy it's like what like i keep i don't want to say interviewing but i keep coming in contact with people that are so 
diverse and it gets me jealous in a way, but it's also fascinating because I'm like, how do people do this? Like, I, I really don't know. I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, but I, filmmaking was my thing and I went, put all my chips in on that. Mm-hmm. When people say all in, like, I totally mean all the chips, my debts, everything like went into filmmaking and it's paid off in a way because, you know, you have, it's video, it's audio, it's all these different things. But for people that can, I don't want to say dabble, but try everything. Like, it's just like, I, I'm too scared to do that. So I'm curious. I, I, I'd never really go back like and talk to guests this way. I do kind of feel like this is an interview, but I, I am just curious because I don't know, you know, where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Palm Springs, California. I was born in like Orange County, which is also in Southern California, uh, but was only there for a short time. And I lived in Palm Springs from the time of like seven to when I moved out here when I was 28. So I was in Palm Springs, which is Southern California for about 21 years. Um, and is that, that something well, I mean, up for you? Or? So, I mean, what was your high school life like? Um, what was the what was the culture like in California? Like, is it diverse? I have no idea. Yeah, Southern California. It's, I mean, at least that I'm. We're like three hours away from Los Angeles. We're three hours east of Los Angeles and two hours north of San Diego. So we have this nice little like triangle that we're in. Uh, it's a tourist town. It's where Coachella's at. So if you're a Coachella fan or a stagecoach, is a huge country music festival. If you're into Coachella or Stagecoach, that's where they're held. They're held in Indio, California, which neighbors La Quinta, which is where I grew up, which neighbors Palm Desert, Palm Springs. It's all called the Coachella Valley. Uh, and so... What did your parents do? Uh, my dad was a janitor, and a he had a lot of jobs. He was a janitor, I guess, like for the majority of the time that he was a janitor. He was only there for like 20 years, but growing up, he was a janitor. He was a manager of a of a like valet company. Uh, and so I grew up like working with him. My first time working was jobs with him. I was, he, he did gardening in the summer. My dad definitely did a lot uh, and de- definitely taught me like a, a work ethic. Um, but I don't know if it us? was, huh? Was he still with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. I just, I don't have like the best relationship with him, mm-hmm. uh, but I've like, tr- so it's actually Kobe, his death. I, I messaged him and I haven't talked to him probably like a year we say happy birthday and stuff because his birthday's a day after mine so it's a very can like do you have any siblings i do i have a little sister how old is she 25 same parents yep that's a fair question and i have a half sister from him from your father yeah so did he remarry or something no she's 25 as well and this is kind of like a surprise mm-hmm. yeah very and interesting. sister and sam shout out to sam okay cool um so did your, your parents still together? They no, split? they divorced. They divorced when I was like 14. Um, and they, I mean, it's, that's just fucking weird, weird childhood parents, whatever. It's going to be a very weird question and it's going to sound like a troll and it's no. not very curious about this. Like, what's it like growing up with a dad? Um, so, okay. I'll kind of give you that little background. I didn't live with my dad till I moved out to Palm Springs when I was seven. Mm. Uh, and uh, they, like, I, I knew my dad, I came out and visited him, uh, but him and my mom were just kind of button heads and didn't get along. A lot of, uh, I don't want to say abuse, I don't want to make it sound like I came from, like, an abusive childhood, but my dad was a dick, you know, didn't always take the best actions. Uh, it's not like I was at home getting beat constantly, but there, you know, were spats of violence from time to time. There was a lot of arguing. Like, Did he my, have a temper? No. Um, you know, he's got a weird... A weird past like his dad killed himself when he was young and they didn't tell him yeah and so 
there's a lot of loose ends. I'm sure my dad can probably tighten up. Uh, and you know, that just, you know, rolled over into how he raised his kids and how, how his old relationships were you with us. When you learned that, uh, he told me I was like maybe 12, 13, I mean older and, but he sat me down and was like, you know, uh, well, cause I knew that my grandpa wasn't like my grandpa. I knew that he was like a married in grandpa, you know, and I just never wow. got the story one day I asked and he was like, Hey, that's what happened. And kind of broke that down to me. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, are you the oldest of your siblings? Yeah. It's just me and my little sister. And what's that like? Uh, it was definitely like a, a dad role, you know, once he was out of the picture. Cause once they got divorced, he bounced, he didn't really give a fuck. Um, and so oh, that was weird. I, I know your sister. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I just I'm I'm thinking about little Brian, and yeah. I can't picture you know your little sister. Yeah, yeah. But you guys are tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does, she like, does a all lot your artwork. artwork. Yeah, yeah. And she's so talented. I fucking yeah. hate her. She came out and visited in uh, in like June or July last year. She came out and said, hung out. Wow. So where's she at? Uh, she's uh, well now she's in like Riverside, which is like an hour from Palm Springs, but she's still in that area. Damn, there's a Riverside here in Austin. Yeah. So there's also Beaumont and uh, something else, and that's literally Ain't that trippy. Yeah. 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 Wow. So growing up, you know, um, did you get to watch Jonah Hill's Mid Nineties? I I did not know. I've heard about it. But... Okay. I don't know. It it probably be condescending to you, but it was like my window into the 90s experience growing up in in california like the skateboarding mm -hmm. scene was yeah. alive and well like yeah. what what was happening over there when you're growing up so i mean of course skateboarding i skateboarded i rollerbladed i fucking bmx bmx was my big one i really liked bmx um did that from like six seven to from when i came out to the desert because there wasn't really much to do in the desert till middle school uh got into music in like middle school and high school and wrestling dude and so I'm going to nerd out a little bit about your little video you sent me, but your backyard. Have you seen that before? From you, no. When you You've sent never it to me, seen it? No. Wow. And dude, so by all, you fucking, I'm giving you and I'm not worthy because we would do little matches like that. And I, I bled one time and that's because. Did you gig? Or was uh, it? No. So hard way. We were at a, uh, we were in like a little, so we would do the matches in my buddy's house, my buddy Bubba's house. And we had had like some tires and a mattress that we would put up and we just like suplex each other. I mean, we'd get a table every now and then we'd fuck it up. Right. He had an abandoned house next door to him, and they were remodeling his fence. So we would go in and out from time to time, like when we were hanging out in his backyard, like 13, <laughs> middle school. And there was a window that hadn't been set into the thing yet. And mm -hmm. I was like, you're going to break that over my head. Oh, no, no, it. no, sir, no. I didn't. So I figured it would just break and it would be cool, right? And I was wearing a hat. <laughs> I was wearing a hat. And I was like, it'll be fine. It'll. What happened is it cut the back of my neck. Fuck yeah. Yeah, dude. And I bled pretty bad. My mom was like so pissed. Cactus Jack himself would not But allow it wasn't this. cool, dude. It wasn't like no, your cool blood. It's that you not had, cool. Oh, no, it was great. Did you have like flappage? Did you need uh, no, stitches? No, no, no. It just, it like grazed. It like did a couple oh, of nice That could have gone very, very bad. It could have. It could have. But I mean, I was like, uh, I was 13, bro. I mean, you know what's interesting? <laughs> like at that age, what year were you born? 87. Okay, so you're, you graduated 2005. Correct. Okay, I graduated 06. But. By and large, you know, I would call us the same generation. And well, yeah, not absolutely. only did we grow up in the apex of wrestling, and before people are like, they're talking about wrestling, I'm out of here. Before they do that, here's the thing. Like, it was a very, not only was wrestling white hot at the time, but but like hardcore wrestling was like sexy. ECW? For kids. Like, oh. I don't know what, what here's the thing. So I, I my son's 14, mm -hmm. very impressionable age. And like, I see the group that he hangs out with. Like, no one listens to metal. No one's got like an edge to them. Nobody like has that I, for some reason. I, and we're, I'm going all over the place, but I'll bring it back to this. Like, I don't know why I was in the mood to listen to Lincoln Park mm -hmm. this week. I don't know why. 
and I put on a track. It was some live from Texas. Um, I saw your Instagram concert. I went I w- to that tour. No fucking way. Summer, it was Dallas. Summer Sanitarium. Well, I didn't go to the Dallas one, but it was the oh. Summer Sanitarium tour with Metallica, Limp yes. Biscuit, Mudvayne, and Deftones. And I went Ooh, to the minus morning. Limp Biscuit. That is sick. Oh, um, shut your mouth. <laughs> oh, we'll get into it. But um, somebody. Never mind. That's for another time. But um, I was listening to this and I was like, dude, fuck yeah, this. I like almost forgot, not really, but I almost forgot that like I'm a metal guy. Mm-hmm. I'm a fucking metal guy. Like, it, I just wanted, I, I felt like I was hugging like my, my 13 year old self of like knives. This is who you are. Don't forget who you are, you know? But I don't see these kids, these, these kids got nothing. Like, they, they have no edge to them, in my opinion. I know I'm very old man right now, but like, Cactus Jack and you know like just the iconography of Stone Cold Steve Austin bleeding just that iconography or like growing up with jackass and shit so I know you can talk about that like why do you think was it just the culture at that time or like how did it affect you it doesn't affect everybody not everybody's into that so for me I was always a wrestling fan uh I used to watch who got you in I so I I would watch when I lived in so I lived in like San Diego County for a while before I'd moved to the desert and my uncle, we had lived with my uncle for a little bit. And his routine was like, yo, whenever wrestling's on, we're going to get up. We're going to eat cereal and we're going to fucking watch some wrestling. And so I grew up watching like Hogan, Undertaker, Bret Hart, mm-hmm. Marty Jannetty, like the yeah, old yeah. school guys. Right. But I was like young. I was like four or five. I didn't really, yeah. you know, understand it. My first wrestling event was at the like San Diego sports arena and the Undertaker fucked Hogan up and I cried. <laughs> I cried because yes. of like how terrifying it was. Yes. And then, and also, did did Taker beat Hogan? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That's it why was like you right after. Cried. So I also remember distinctively crying when he put him in the coffin. He put him in a coffin like a long time ago, and I remember bawling. I know probably exactly it was like a Survivor Series or some shit. Oh yeah. And so, um, and then so like moving, got into Power Rangers. Like wrestling was always there, but like I never gravitated towards it. And then when I got into middle school, my friends in that like. And through that time, we're like huge wrestling heads. And I remember one day going to, I think it was Bubba's house actually, and he had all his wrestling action figures out. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, we're going to fucking play some wrestling action figures. Dope. And I was asking him like, oh, who's this guy? Like, I didn't recognize a lot of them. And then sure enough, he's got like every pay-per-view recorded. His family's way deep on it. Yep. And it just, it, it hooked me back in. So like at 11 or 12 years old, I'm getting hooked back into wrestling. Yeah. And I remember being very into it because it was... It was almost like a, it was like an ongoing movie almost. Like yeah. every Monday, I was fucking in front of my TV, whether it be WCW or WWF. I was just like, okay, this one I'm gonna do every Monday. There was a point in time I remember I was watching wrestling every single day. There was Monday Night Raw and Nitro. Tuesday had Lucha Libre on mm-hmm. like Telemundo, so I would mm-hmm. watch that. Mm-hmm. Wednesday was like fucking thunder or whatever wcw had yeah Yeah. and then thursday was eventually smackdown friday was ecw and it was on tnt and then saturday was like superstars and whatever other bullshit maybe an off day and then sundays were generally like pay-per-view and heat and so i was just engulfed in it man and i was my all my friends were into it so i was into it uh it might have like had something to do with the music as well because i mean deep down i'm a rock metal guy that's that's what i love and that's what i'll probably say is like my diehard genre is the heavier stuff, you know, and I, I don't know, man, I just, something, it was captivating about it. Obviously I did a, a report my uh, freshman or like sophomore year of high school. It was a persuasive essay and it was on how wrestling isn't fake. Tell me about that. I used the mankind going off the cell clip oh, how from, you not? from King of the Ring 98. 
How can you not? And my point was, hey, wrestling's predetermined, whatever, but it's not fake. These guys are athletes. They put their bodies on the line on A. Like, I was very, I went in because I was so, this one I'm going to talk about, I was so about wrestling just constantly. Yeah. Like, it, it, you know, I was a loser probably because I was into wrestling. Like, I, I had friends and shit, but I was never like a fucking popular kid or a jock right. or anything. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I kept to myself because it was just fucking, I don't know, my escape, I guess. I don't know. What did you gravitate towards you? Like, what? Mm-hmm. It, it was and you know a lot of it was like almost risque because my mom of course saw like some matches was there where there were blood there was fucking slutty chicks in it all the time like right. i'm sure there were times where she's like you can't watch this and i was like what, the fuck? what do you mean i can't watch it it's wrestling what's wrong with right. wrestling like yeah and it was uh it was provocative at the time like it was literally rated tv like 14 oh they showed boobs yeah what's her face uh i don't know jacqueline no jacqueline oh, okay. had her top ripped off on like a pay-per-view right yeah, i remember I sable, heard about it, sable, never saw it sable had the handprints yes and then Playboy, they Playboy. had several Playboy. I mean, Shawn Michaels play girl. Like yeah. there is something inherently sexual about professional wrestling, or at least there was, especially when we were growing up. But I don't. I mean, here's like I got inoculated at a young age. What what very little I remember about my dad, he would show me wrestling. And so same thing with you, like Ultimate Warrior, all that shit. Like I was into it, Macho Man. It like, is make believe. It's a, there's a there's it's superhero. A, a fan, yeah, there's a fantasy there, and like I, that's probably why dads, uncles, that's probably why the older generation can right. show it to the young kids and get them into it because it's like, oh, he's cool, he's a bad guy, good guy, bad guy. You know, you uh-huh. have your dynamics. Yeah, and also like it transcends language. Like you can watch wrestling from different parts of the country, and it's it's the same. You know, whether if it's Japanese wrestling, like like you said, lucha libre, it doesn't really matter. Um, Muscle then, White also a huge wrestling fan. I, I, I we actually bonded over I, wrestling. I, he's still a wrestling fan. Yeah. Like I haven't seen the product in a while. Um, I'm uh, like an AEW guy. As a matter of fact, they're coming on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I got to buy tickets for that. Um, but, um, I stopped during the attitude era. Like it was like the Hogan NWO stuff. I was such a mark. I was like, I don't like that. Like, I was like, how dare, like, no, not my Hogan. I was like, fuck this. I'm out. Like I was out. I did not. So I missed like really the golden age WCW. stuff. Yeah. But it was, um, it was Brett and Austin when that happened. I got the tape and I took it to my class. I was like in fifth grade. The I Quit match? Yes. And I was like, we need to watch this. And my teacher let us watch it. It was just so rogue at the time. And and I just like inoculated my entire classroom to watch this I Quit match. And I was just like, isn't this fucking crazy? I was like, what is even that? Right? And uh, and so I, I, I got back in. And by then, like, Mankind was a, a, a presence and... Um, you know, whatever that was going on, like in 98, 99. And uh, so then I got back into it and was into it forever after that. Um, CM Punk was my guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I saw him in Ring of Honor in 2005. And and I was like, this is the guy. I don't know what it was about him. He was just like so, so unconventional. So not a, a Macho Man Randy Savage, like big beefcake looking guy. Like I was like, this guy looks like I could be a wrestler, you know? Um, but the backyard wrestling video that I sent you, the story behind that is uh, my friend, you know, we were into it. You know, as a kid, we would fuck each other up. Very and real bumps, too. Bro. Real bumps. I mean, that's the thing. Like, maybe some pulled punches here and there, but, you know, uh, we're not trying to kill each other. But that guy that I wrestled, you know, his name's Juno. And I love this guy. He's one of the best friends I've ever had. And um get a little emotional about this. But, you know, we wrestled. We had a title. We all pitched in for it. It's whatever. It was like 300 bucks on eBay. That was a lot of dough, you know, in 2006. And so when high school ended, we were like, we're done. Cause we would do it every Friday from like freshman year to senior year. We would have school matches where yeah. we jump off the library and you know, all this crazy shit. And, um, 
our little fed was called WAF, Wrestling Ain't Fake. And um, Preach. <laughs> and so after a while, we were like, let's just end this. We had a six-man Iron Man, and we just ended it. And it was cool. But um, every now and then, like, somebody would get the itch to do it. And it was like, but not everybody was in. And so long story short, in 2013, when that was my last match, uh, my friend had did some time in jail. I won't say for what. And uh, he did his time. And uh, But he was champion. And so he's like, I have this three-year reign. But I've never, like, he's like, I feel like it doesn't count, you know? Because <laughs> I, and he's like, so I need to defend it. Who wants to wrestle? And everybody was like, I'm not fucking doing that. And so I felt like, how can I not? You know, my friend's back. I'm going to do it. And so we we composed that story together. And I'm ha like, dude, that's like the best way to go out. Like, there was color. There was oohs and ahs, you know? Like, he jumped off a, a ladder. I'm like, cool. I was very happy for him. Put him over. And then he felt like a real champion, you know? So there's something kind of like... I love you, bro. Like about that, you know, and you can even hear it. And when he pins me one, two, three, I, t I told him, you know, that was awesome. Like you could hear it, you know, me say it, but, um, so yeah, wrestling is, is very shared between the both of us. There's something kind of, um, it's like, it, especially during that time, it was directed to kids, like boys, especially mm -hmm. like impressionable youth around that time like what was the I'm, I'm interested like who were your who were your music guys um like how, what what was like your gate what was the gateway drug of of music for you growing up so my my dad was obviously into like everything music country fucking metal he obviously showed me like metallica that was probably my go-to so my all-time favorite brand of all time is thrice uh and before why? that why I've heard like a few Thrice songs. What's the emotional reason behind that? It's got to be they're personal. Fucking powerful. I mean, I was probably like, I mean, their first album came out in 2001. So I was like 11, 12. No, I was you 13. Were, you I were was, there for I was, that. Uh, I, so I, I, heard, I heard them on like a compilation album and it was just beautiful guitar, beautiful screaming, like singing. It was like a very punkish vibe. Uh, now they're a little bit more, uh, you know, and that's another reason why I like them. They've never stick to one style. Every album has a different sound, a different, you know, a different structure to it. There's, they're creative in the way that they present their albums. They had one album that was 24 songs, six different or four different six song albums. And they wow. were all off like the elements. So water, fire, earth, and air. Oh shit. So like the fire album was super heavy and metal. The water album was like electronic. The really? earth albums basically all acoustic i didn't know they did that yeah and wow. then um yeah so they just you know they, they're from orange county they toured southern california all the time i've seen them over a dozen times like they're just they're my band they're my go-to um before them it was metallica you know and and but metallica's takes time off and it was hard to kind of be a real metallica fan when i didn't grow up with metallica you know right. i got metallica i get shit all the time because i say saint anger is a fucking great album because it is it see this is where i feel like we're kindred spirits i love saint anger it's such a good album and i get it it's not metallica or it's the snare or whatever complaints you want to make about it but to not have a fucking album and then in 2003 come back and say, hey, we're going to make, not only are we going to make a fucking album, but we're also going to just be a full-time band again and crush it. And then you do the Summer Sanitarium tour. You pick up Limp Biscuit, Linkin Park, all these bands that are killing it. I mean, for me, that was like, okay, dope. You know, this is a good album. Like, I was hyped for the album. And yeah, it was different and weird and like groovy. and But I think it fit. What's your favorite track on off of St. Anger? Um, 
I like obviously Saint Anger. Um, Shoot Me Again's great. Um, My World is also great. I, I have this playlist on Spotify called Goro. Yeah, and it's like based off of the um, the Mortal Kombat character. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just supposed to fucking slap, right? And I ignored it because I, I I've just been listening to all kinds of other weird shit like lo-fi, fucking. What happened to dubstep? That's not that's neither here nor there. But like just weird shit. Mm-hmm. I just like went off into the deep end, and then I was like, oh, let me go back to my Goro playlist, and it's kind of dated because I haven't updated it in years. And then um, the unnamed feeling came on, and I was like, this fucking song. How, I don't care. Like you're not a Metallica fan if you don't like Saint Anger. Yeah, I will. I yeah. will. I will say I that. Mean, Especially you know the the subject matter. It's so therapeutic. There's something kind of like, in, in a way, uh, Sweet Amber is like about being an alcoholic, like frantic, like a hundred percent. And it's like there's a toxic masculinity ness to it, but it's shedding its skin and and being vulnerable. Like that's powerful. I understand. Like hardcore metal fans are like it's fucking gay, bro. Like yeah. sure, I get that, but. As a kid, I was just like, "Fuck yeah!" Like it, it did something to me. I don't know, and and I think they, I think they recruited a whole new crop of like freshman class fans. Oh, for you know? sure, for sure. That was a good time. I think it was, man. And like, I don't. Again, I didn't grow up in '80s Metallica, so you don't I have no claim to being like, "Oh, it's not like their old shit." Like metal for me was always you had like your Anthrax, you had your your really aggressive metal, which was like Metallica. Uh, Megadeth, you know, Anthrax, Slayer, like you want to go all those routes. Did you ever fuck with Pantera? Yeah, they were a little, a little too. I mean, yeah, I, I fucked with them, but I didn't. I, they weren't like one of my favorites. I think it's kind of like it might be a. That's like my Dallas Cowboys, where as far as Texas go, even though I know Phil's from like um, uh, North Orleans or right. something, but um, there's something kind of like if you're a Texas guy, you have to be a, a Pantera guy. Like, yeah. I don't know why. Like I, I grew up with that. Um, and so I was shook when Dimebag died. I was, I was same. Yeah. My first concert I ever went to was Marilyn Manson in 2004. I remember I told my mom, I was like, Hey, I, Marilyn Manson was my guy. And it's why I changed my name to that. Knives Monroe wouldn't exist if there was no Marilyn Manson. It's kind of a, a, co- a copy of that. And I, I asked my mom, I was like, mom, it's $35. Marilyn Manson. I have to go. She's like, Marilyn Manson. She's like, isn't that the guy that removed his rib to suck his own dick? And I was mm. like, you know about that? Holy <laughs> shit. Um, but I remember he cut the show off early because he, uh, cause of Dimebag and like mm. he was devastated by that news or whatever. And I was just like, fuck. And so that was, that was a, that was a tough time. Like, uh, if I go back to my hometown and I hang out with the homies and people start drinking, it's just a matter of time where people are like, this one's for Dimebag, even <laughs> though it was almost 20 years ago. <laughs> but I grew up in that very hardcore, like, you know, grassroots sort of like, this one's for Dimebag, man. Or this one's for, didn't, um, Vinnie Paul die or not? The drummer? He recently, yeah, yeah. Like I think he did. Recently. So that's fucked. And so people are like, this is for them. Pantera will come on, but oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I mean, so so metal first, right? Yeah, and then so I got a guitar because my friend's dad uh, played guitar, and he was always constantly playing guitar like at the house, and he'd let us kind of like play around on it even though we weren't good. <laughs> uh, and so his, his stepson, my buddy, got a bass. So I was like, fuck it, I'll get a guitar. And we just like we learned "Eye of the Tiger" with Matt. And, Did like, you guys form a band? Uh, no, not like an official band. You didn't we have a name. Like, a couple songs together. No, um, no. I've only done one band, like full on. Hey, this is a band. Played shows. What uh, was the name of that band? The Chainsaw Experiment. Pretty good. Mm, yeah, it was a misheard lyric actually. So what fuck up mean? on my part. Oh no. Uh, Finch 
has a there's a song from Finch and the lyric is caged rats experiment and I thought it said chainsaw experiment so I'm like, that, that sounds funny? brutal isn't that funny <laughs> so, that's happened to me this is why I don't look up lyrics oh I have to know because I feel like I'm gonna, after oh. that I'm just like I gotta read <laughs> I like my no I like my meaning I don't want to demystify it I never started looking up lyrics until Kendrick Lamar. And that's when I was like, I need to know what this fucking guy is saying. Or when you're, you're singing the song Dick at here. the same time with someone else and they say the right lyrics and you say the wrong lyrics. and you just Oh, that's at each other. that still happens to me. <laughs> oh, me too. That still time. happens to me. All the time. That's crazy, man. Um, oh, so that, that, yeah, that's a guy. I had a friend who was in a, I don't know what you'd call it, like a grindcore band called uh, Fucked With The Chainsaw. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I kind of thought about that when you mentioned it. Yeah, there was this band we used to play with a lot called Hacksaw Circumcision. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. Some, some of these stick. Definitely. Uh, and so that's another thing that actually really drew me to mu- drew me to music too, is because um, like you did have like your Metallica's and your big like stardom bands, right? They were on MTV or whatever you watched, and were f- super famous and popular. But once I started seeing like my friends in bands, and then like Thrice, like for the most part, they've always been like an independent, mm. not an independent band, but they're like a scene band like they're not selling out stadiums by themselves right, right like they're right. a pretty decent support they've got a good following they've i call had them a, i call them indie darlings yeah they've had a major si- signing but mm-hmm. at the same time like now they're on vagrant records and like vagrant for the most part's pretty they probably had a few a few videos on mtv2 or something yeah yeah right. yeah yeah not a lot though they're not, not every album has a video that's getting played you know yeah. and so i don't know something about being younger like you like that niche you know, hey, this this is my back pocket band. This is the band yeah. that I can stick in my pocket. Nobody knows about. And then once they hear them, they're gonna love them too. And like, yep. so that kind of music really gravitated me towards wanting to play music, wanting to hear all the bands that I could fucking consume. Like at any at any given point, I was like, hey, who you listen to? Who you listen to? Just trying to you know expand. I guess my I don't know my CD case. I don't know what it was. But. We were the last millennial. They call us millennials, but we were the last generation that went to school pre iPhone mm-hmm. and pre, or smartphone, should I say, and and pre hardcore social media. Yeah, like if you wanted to go on MySpace, you had to log into a computer. I created my MySpace like after I graduated high school, like a month after. Uh huh. So and it so was you, new. So you didn't have it. It was well, no, up. and it was like pretty new at that time. Yeah. You know, there was Live Journal. Yeah, shit yeah. like that. Aim. Yes. Yeah. Win app. Yeah. I can go on and on. And so uh having like that weird yeah you had to work for it almost like i had yeah. when i downloaded fucking limewire oh i got gypped dude i got i got that cool track that featured everybody and their mom and it was not uh-huh. a fucking cool oh, track that's it was a bummer a, yeah like but i will say hours I've, and I've hours away scot-free with everything hours and hours just downloading <laughs> how dare you uh-huh just downloading new music or down you know clicking a track and then hitting all of them and like making sure i'm downloading a whole album i was even more anal where i would go in Make sure the albums are in the right orders. Yeah, everything was spelt properly. The track list was correct. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, like music for me at that point was like the new wrestling. It was definitely something that just consumed me. You know, I always say if I go blind or deaf, I'd rather probably go blind because music. I can right, have my music. I think I, I. That's a fucking hard one. Yeah, dude. But oh, I think I agree. I think I agree with that. Um, I like how you said music is was like your new wrestling, like your new obsession, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so what was what was like your high school experience like? Um, I'm curious if you want to talk about it, like girl wise, since these kids nowadays, like Snapchat me, like you know everybody's in a constant ongoing conversation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in our day, like if you had to have the guts to, you would go to the dances, 
and it was like the guys here, the girls there, <laughs> awkward as fuck. And then you yeah. had Knives Monroe that would be like play chop suey, and then you'd start fucking being a little turd. Yeah, that was me. I was that guy. But um. What do kids do nowadays? I can't imagine. I don't think they have that. Like, do they even listen to a whole song play out? Like, <laughs> I don't think they do. It's got to be 15 seconds of, of something new every time. So what was, what was that experience like for you? It's like my social experience. Yeah. Um, What's supposed to be like so I got the my, fun times. I got my first cell phone when I was 17 years old. Did you buy it yourself? Uh, no. My mom bought it for me, but I had a job. So I helped her with like the bill. And Were you all about that T9 life? I had, yep, I had a, uh, it was like an old Verizon, just flipped up phone, had a little camera on it, mm. was definitely not taking dick pics on it, just because it wasn't even a concept, of course, it was <laughs> take a, a picture of my dick and send it, no, hell no, no. Um, so, that, I mean, it was a lot of like, so I talk about like my, like friends group or my friends in high school, I'm, I try, I'm outgoing, and I probably have like some weird, I need attention thing. Uh, but it comes from like having to make friends. I realized that making friends comes from like either making somebody laugh or connecting with someone. And through me, it just happened to be like through laughter because I can make people laugh. Um, but it was, you know, you were definitely like, although I don't even know if it's as bad as it is now because like cyberbullying, I never experienced that. I don't know what cyberbullying is. You know, I've never experienced going to school and having like, kids look at me because of some shit that was said online like if some kids were laughing at me or making fun of me it was because of some shit that I did and probably like deserved to get laughed at for right like mm -hmm. or whatever and I was never like a I was never you know again I had like my close group of friends but I was always like kind of striving to like expand that network or have more friends or like just be involved be like accepted I guess or maybe think that I'm a part of this cool thing and that's why I went to a lot of like house shows and a lot of little you know, just weird like events. Girls didn't have my first girlfriend until my senior year in high school. Uh, so 17 as well. Like I was pretty just nerdy and not, you know, but at the same time, like I definitely didn't care. Like I definitely didn't give a fuck about girls until I was like a sophomore mm. and then was like, Oh, high school. It's, you know, oh, okay. Like yeah. I get it. You know, start flirting, I guess. Like I was all, I was also awkward and weird and like didn't mm. have any skill whatsoever. Yeah. Um, that's interesting because for me, like I, and I, this isn't a machismo thing. It, this is like a, for the parents out there, like check your kids because like, I, I remember like being five years old and wanting to have sex. Like I remember being eight and like, like I want that, I want to marry that girl. Like I, I was so, I never not didn't want to fuck every girl or like have a girlfriend or like, I never, I never, I just, ever since I was a kid, like aggressively, like knew it. When did you start drinking it? Oh, so young, like 10. Yeah, see, I didn't really start until I was like 13, I think. And yeah. then freshman, that was the thing. And I'm that's probably when I was like, okay, cool. I'm glad you asked that. Like, we talked about fapping on your show. It's so weird. But um, I'm glad you asked that because it's not something I'd bring up. But like at 10 years old and I discovered it, it wasn't like I saw porn and I was like, I'm going to try that. Like I, kids nowadays, that's the, uh, that's the scariest thing of all yeah. is the fact that they're walking around with free porn in their pockets. Like, dude. Like, honestly, that's the most fucked up thing. If I was the president of the United States, this would be like one of the things I'd be talking about. Because honestly, this whole new crop of of men, basically men who, who are growing up on these tube sites. Oh, my God. Like, I remember. Here's a funny story. Um, when I when I got a girlfriend and uh, she, she was like so ahead of her, not ahead of her time, but like she was the one that 
pushed everything. Mature and, for her age. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the thing. She was a year. She was a year younger than me. So when I was uh, so mature for her. <laughs> when I, when I was seventeen, she was sixteen, and hey, I'm mature for her age, I guess. And but she was very like. You know, like, I, I, I want to suck your dick. And I'm just like, you, you, what? Like, you would actually put your mouth on that? Like, I didn't know about porn, really, you know? So, the, like, the, the most scandalous things I ever saw were, was, like, professional wrestling. Like, Lita or something mm, with a thong God, or whatever, right? That's all I Trish. knew. That, even that, well, I, was just, I would just be like, <sighs> I, I, so, like, this is too gnarly for me, right? But I remember her telling me, it was the first time we ever did doggy style. It was, like, the third time I had sex. And then she had told me, and this is not funny. Like, this is not, like, so, this is a PSA for parents out there. Listen up. And she had told me, and she was like, you, you, um, you put it in my ass. And I was just like, no, I didn't. She's like, yeah, that's what that position is. And I was just like, <sighs> and I was like, only? I felt like I was, I was grossed out by that. And I was just like, what? And she was like, I'm just fucking with you. And I was like, <laughs> because I didn't know how that worked. But. 12 year olds 10 year olds like know how this shit work today and i don't know wow. the damage that's going to cause them but uh so yeah the jerking off thing like i i i i discovered it and i would talk to god like dude like i was so guilty and i'd be like please like let this be the last time i ever do this i don't want to do this ever again i i remember the first time like i would jerk oh, off man but i remember the first time i came where cum came out of my yes, dick. Yes. And I remember just being like, I'm yeah. a man. Oh, okay. But like, no one explained to me this is how this shit worked. Me either, me either. Okay, so first of all, that's so crazy that you bring up the concept of discovering jerking off because yeah, you could watch, what I know your kids are out there, but you can watch anything right now and figure out how to jerk off and how to do all that as an 11-year-old, 10-year-old kid, 100%. Discovering jacking off is a very real thing that is probably not going to happen ever again. But yes, as I was younger, we didn't have porn. We had like the spice channel and I would occasionally graze the spice channel and see if I could see a tit clearly or a fucking pussy or whatever it was. But you were legitimately going off of just feelings you had in your body. Right. And yeah, you fucking think you're playing with your dick for like a year and then you realize that, Oh no, there's a whole nother level to playing with your dick. Cause right. you can come or orgasm right. or whatever it is. Yeah. And when that happens, it's like this, existential like what is life like yeah i so the first time i did it was the night before easter it's a real life hack first a, life hack yes exactly and it was the night before easter okay and then i asked my dad what uh jacking off was easter sunday and but you had done it the night before See, but i didn't say any i of course didn't like mm, out myself yeah yeah but yeah. i was just like hey i was like reading something and like yeah, so yeah. what is that and yeah. then he was just like well we'll talk about it like it's easter <laughs> we need to bring this up right now and i was like okay and then just it was like in my head, I was like, am I going to go to hell? God, I'm sorry. I don't do this again. Right, like, it's yes. this weird, did I just do something wrong? Am I, was that supposed to happen? Because it's a secret. Am I breaking a law or a rule or this right. weird sin? Like, I don't know. interesting? And I wasn't even religious. But of course, yeah. God, good, bad, all that shit's kind of hung over you as a child. And you're most definitely not doing something that, I mean, granted, it's not bad. Everybody should learn about it. But, but you're not going to save the world with it either. Yeah. And at like 13, doing it by yourself, not knowing what you're doing, not knowing right. what the fuck you're feeling or why you're feeling it or yeah. what the fuck comes next. Yep. Literally, it's just a mess, dude. And that's crazy. I never thought about that. Nobody's going to discover jerking off. They're not going to do it. And Whoa. like, uh, I, I don't want to like, oh, man. Dude, kids are so fucked. And it's funny because like, you know. I, I feel very bad for them. Like I, I really do. And and most importantly, like, and I have a boy and a girl, but I feel terrible for the girls that are growing up 
and the and the and the guys that either aren't gonna want to fuck them, or the guys that are gonna be like, so we're gonna do reverse cowgirl like the first the first time, right? Like you don't know what the fuck. Like they don't. There's no evolution, like graduation, like you know, like relationship prospect to, to to any of this. Instead, it's just like all optics. Like and here's the thing, like kids like talking memes, right? Mm-hmm. Memes as we know it. So there's Riley Reed memes out there and Mia Khalifa memes out there. And like, it's just part of the her. culture and the conversation. Like, dude, they are so fucked and desensitized to the max. And I feel like we came from a generation that was like, we were glued to television, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or like, or music, right? Yeah. And so we were like wired in, we were distracting ourselves or we were plugged in. And then the internet kind of happened at scale in a way where we, you know, how old were you when you had high speed internet? Oh shit high-speed internet that's what i'm saying um i don't know i put together my first computer i had summer school between uh freshman and sophomore year and my mom said hey we're gonna get you a computer and I was you like, remember Ooh. dial-up yeah it was dial-up i remember having to get off a phone i remember having to fucking do all that bullshit same uh like dsl i think is what it was first instead of it being like broadband i remember like the first generation of high-speed internet was like dsl and you could be on the phone and fucking have internet at the same time. It was mind blowing. You can download a song, you know, like in ten minutes. Yeah. Instead of yep. hours, yep. leaving it on. Torrents all became night. a thing because then you it could do full, fi- full files instead of a song at a time. Videos. And, yep. WMVs. Yep. yep. Oh yeah. Um, and now, do kids, you remember Rotten.com? By the way. Oh, Rotten. Yeah, I remember Faces of Death as well. But mm-hmm. Rotten was like too gnarly for me. Because it was just anything. It was too gnarly for me, man. Yeah, like, Tub uh, Girl was weird. There's a bunch of weird ones. I uh, I can recall um, renting Faces of Death, mm-hmm. and everybody has seen, um, and like it's I, honestly like I, I can I'll tell you I'll get there, but everybody's seen where the guy like is at a press conference, shoots his head off, right, mm-hmm. and like a fountain, like blood's just gushing out of his head, and like I'm like 12 years old watching this, right, mm-hmm. and being like that's pretty gnarly, and then going on Rotten, and then just seeing like this guy was ran over by a train. And it's like the the photos of it, and I was just like, uh, not cool. Um, I'm pretty sensitive to that kind of stuff. The last time I ever saw, um, like a beheading style thing was was ISIS. They uh, this was like 2012 or something. They uh, they they lit somebody on fire in a cage, mm-hmm. and uh, seeing that person just seeing that person suffer and die, um, I was like. I, I, I was like, uh, I was so alarmed. I was like, not only is this fucked up, but uh, I don't want this to be okay. Like, I don't want to normalize that. Like I mourned that human and I don't want to just be like, that's just another thing that happens. Like I was very afraid of that. And I could, I could sense that like that could easily be, you know, but, um, yes, rotten was fucking gnarly, man. And that was, that was new at the time. And now that shit's like everywhere like now on facebook you'll see like oh uncover this thing if you want to see the graphic thing i, I block people i and i don't care who you are family if you post like um anything with children or anything with um um uh animals or like even just grown-ass men like getting murdered or something i i block you i I've, i it hasn't happened in a while but i've made psas a few times i'm like i don't want to see it it is so fucked up <laughs> Sorry, I'm like going on a dark spiral here. No, but, uh, man, and that's it's a- the dark side of the internet that like I I I could never, I could never like anytime uh, you know 
when we went overseas and like you know war was rampant and we were growing up in the mid 2000s and like they would send videos of like you know this 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 troop was caught and they're gonna cut his head off in the name of Allah or whatever the fuck I I, I Nick Berg, the contractor, the first beheading that Al Qaeda did, remember? No. It was like back, I'm pretty sure it was like senior year, and it was a video you could download, and it was Nick Berg. He was like a, a U.S. contractor, and they fucking chopped his head off. And me and Matt watched it. Me and Muscle White watched it at his house. So you went to high school with this guy? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We so, met We met over a, uh, do you remember the one-legged wrestler, Zach? Oh, fuck, Zach Gowan. Name? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I made a joke in one of our classes we had together, oh, and he laughed at it, and then me and him became like buddies. Off like, it. hey, you're a sick fuck like me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, he, he went to high school with me. Yeah. Oh, so you guys are like fucking tight. Oh, he's he's a brother of mine. He knows you. How, oh, yeah. yeah he yeah. really knows you. Yeah, yeah. How many of those you got left? Uh, A handful, man, and that's something that... Oh, that you're very blessed. I, You know, and that's, again, I, I grew up fucking trying to make friends. Like, I grew up... You know, and it, it could have come from the parent thing. It could have come from, uh, you know, I've, I've got, you know, like addiction runs in my family. I was part of the divorce. Like my mom's alcoholic. My dad, not anymore. She's recovering and, and doing doing phenomenal. My dad had a gambling problem, you know, and, and, and he, he tried taking care of that from time to time. So it probably came from some weird attention thing being younger. But I pride myself in like building friends and and being someone that people can rely on and being a good friend, you know, in my I call them like my family back home, but that's what they are. I've got seven, eight friends of mine that when I go to California, I have to see them. You know, I, a couple of them have kids. I see their kids. I'm like they're just, you it's know, a beautiful thing. My man. lifers, man. Oh, I'm, I'm blessed in that department, man. I, I you know, I, I feel that, and I don't use blessed lightly. Like I never say it, but you know, I, I've got such a strong network of friends and family and, and brothers and sisters and people that I can just, love and give me love i give them love and matt's definitely one of them you're one of them man you're you're hands down somebody that and i know that we don't have like a a past or a history that that extends too far but you know of all the people out here trent too i consider trent a very good friend a, a, someone that you know it, hey man i need help like i'm in a situation yeah. right now and i need help cool yeah give me a second i'll be there let me figure this out and like you know it's it's that goes both ways for sure yeah and that's you know and it it's not something that is you know when i was younger growing up i felt like oh i can just be that way with everybody and no no because people don't have the time for that on their end either you know and it's it's a it's a thing you have to be selective about but i feel like that i have a good amount i'm embarrassed i gotta take a leap i do too so i was gonna do ask you? do you do that but i don't want to interrupt I, I, I'm glad you i've said never that. done it before but there's a first I'll time for everything i'll entertain and then you can okay. entertain yeah, entertain and then i'll show you where the bathroom is cool um so yeah plug your shit. oh yeah that's what i'll do i'll plug now so my name is brian i host the common chaos podcast you can find that at commonchaos.net uh you can also get it off stitcher uh google podcasts uh itunes or apple podcasts uh it's also on spotify commonchaos.net is my website you can go and get all the episodes on there uh, I also have right now, if you guys are interested and like what you're hearing, you can go over and sign up for my free email list, uh, which launches March 1st. I am doing, uh, right now I have some merch that's left over from my most previous order. I'm just giving it away. Sorry, I'm burping up coffee over here. Uh, I'm giving my merch away. You guys can sign up for my email list for free. Uh, I promise not to spam you. All I'm going to do is I'm going to send you updates when there's new episodes and when I have like a project or something going on. Um, there's no paywall. You guys don't have to pay for anything. Again, it's free. Uh, in the comment section, drop what design you want, drop what size you want, and then I will contact you for your info, and I will send it out to you. 
Uh, I appreciate everybody that has already done that. I put that up and it has gotten a lot more attention than I ever thought it would. So I appreciate that. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a good podcast. I hope I don't, I don't know really how to, I don't know how to plug it. Or I don't have a sales pitch or an elevator speech for it. Um, I've interviewed knives several times. He's generally my year end guest. Uh, he's done it for two years in a row. So, uh, Trent Knox, uh, an alumni of this show has also been on it. I'm actually good. You don't have to pee. We're good. I peed already. I'm, Awesome. You're gonna have to clean Actually, this. For what it's worth, that was fucking mighty. That was a mighty piss. Yeah. That was like what I'd imagine someone who was hungover, um, who woke up in the middle of the night and had to fucking. It was like a. There's pushback. Push it was, bag? I had to go. You're also drinking a bang, so. Yeah. Well, I saved it for this conversation. Um, so I, I'm curious, man. Um, not to hardcore do a, a right turn, but um, after high school, so uh, I dated a girl that I met my junior year. And I was with her up until I was like 21. And uh, I lived, I, I, I call those the wasted years because I was, I wanted to be a filmmaker, but this was during a time where it's like, do you know how hard it is to make it? Mm -hmm. You're not going to make it, you know? And so her big thing was um, love doesn't pay the bills. That was like her big thing. And uh, I went to college. I don't have any debt or anything. And it just didn't take. Uh, it was community college. I tried it for a year and a half. And I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast. Maybe I did. Um, but I would just drive to school and stay in the car, wait for the clock to when my class was over, and then I'd go back home. I mean, dumb. Just waste of money. I was like, I can't do it. When I when I realized, like, oh, college is optional. You don't have to go. And mm -hmm. the professors don't give a fuck if you go or not. I was like, this ain't for me. But I wanted to appease my girlfriend at the time to be like, I'm checking off the boxes. Like, you see, I'm going to be I'm going to be a real man one day, whatever, until the jig was up. And uh, that's a story for a different time. But um, it just didn't it didn't take. And so when her and I split up, it's one of those hardcore looks. And she was like my high school sweetheart. Like I have a tattoo of her name on me. Not super proud of it, but it's there. And uh, went to Mexico when I was 17 to get it. She has one of me. It's whatever. We don't talk. It's fine. But um, <laughs> but uh, I, I can recall like when we split like I hardcore look at your look yourself in the mirror I have to redefine myself as someone who who isn't codependent like who am I without this person and so I was like I'm gonna I'm a filmmaker man this is who I am so I went all in on that again and for three years like I would just watch movies but I never even thought I I, I could be that guy and so the road to who I became was started like in 2009 for me um so i had like a real kind of just blank space time like in growing up and, and like you're 19 20 21 22 like what was that era like for you uh someone to reference your wasted years right yeah uh so i think that for me i can we can call them wasted years just to kind of conceptually match with with what you're feeling right so uh outside of high school i got a job at like a, a warehouse i did try the college thing wasn't fitting like cool i don't have to spend money i don't have to do this i don't yeah. even know what i want to do wow awesome uh so i got a job at a at a tile warehouse from the my buddy's dad who played guitar right so he got me a job there worked there for a couple years uh that's so like my girlfriend who i like 17 first girlfriend lost virginity to all that she also dumped me and like broke my heart. So I went into like a real deep depression, uh, drank a lot, you know, didn't have a whole lot of self-worth. 
Uh, On that note, hold that thought because I wanted to ask you this. Um, do you remember the first time you smoked weed? Mm, no. Were you already, was it in high school or were you already an adult? I had smoked weed like maybe once or twice in high school. I didn't like it a whole lot. Interesting. I ate pot brownies and got That's a mistake. fucking annihilated. That's a mistake. Oh, man. At a young age? Uh, uh, senior. I was a senior. That's a mistake. Yeah. yeah. I'm, wow. My senior year was reckless. My senior year, I was... What were you going for? Uh, what do you mean? What were you going for? Why was it reckless? Uh, so, because I only had four classes. So, from, oh, like, the first class of the day in the morning to lunch was all I had to be at school for. Mm-hmm. And... I had had like, I got my first job working like a pizza place, then a grocery store all within like my senior year. So it was like, I would fucking go to school till 12 every day. Some days I worked and I was like mm-hmm. 16, 17. So I had to, it had to be like part time, 10, 15 hours, whatever. Yeah. Then I was out of school so I can go hang out with my friends. My, a lot of my friends started driving. So it was mm-hmm. just reckless. How I graduated. I see. I just, you know, there wasn't a lot of attention. We ditched constantly yep. days where we just didn't show up. Uh, it's crazy. Our stories are very, very alike in that way. And I wonder if it's like the product of the time because you can't blame it on like we were I was in Texas. You were in California. So it's it's so strange how. Yeah, that's the way it was at the time. But so I, I was curious about that. I, I smoked weed the first time I was 12 years old. Ooh, and when I young. look back at that now, like what the fuck? I was a baby. I got so my dad was a gigantic uh, Yes and Rush fan. And one of the first concert uh, concerts <laughs> I went to was a Yes concert with him at the Universal Amphitheater. What's their song? What's like their main song? Ah, uh, like fucking Roundabout is like a huge Yes song. How's that one go? Oh, I fucking couldn't tell you. Uh, yeah, no. Yes, but I've they're like a they're a hippie fucking like Rush, just fucking yeah. super epic bass lines, like really like Led Zeppelin-y, or not Led Zeppelin, but like Pink Floyd trippiness. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he smoked weed at the concert, so I'm pretty sure I got like contact high. Like, I see. And like that was a weird dynamic of my parents too. They smoked weed and like hid it from us for a long time. Like it was weird. Were we, you disappointed when you found out they did that? A little bit because I, it's illegal. Yeah, and like I say fucking, no to drugs. You don't want me hanging out with friends that do it and like right. all that. And it's like that was a that's actually a dynamic that you want to talk about relationships and parenting. We could probably expand on that a little bit at another time. But that was a weird dynamic. So weed to me was never like a big deal. Um, you know, until I started like actually hanging around friends that did it. And then I had the friends that were like advocates for it. Hey man, it's just a plant, you know, gave me like that whole perspective. And it's like, okay, there's cool. always that learning that's, it. And that's like, how, that's how they got me. My cousin was like, sorry for outing you, Mo, uh, was like, how can you hate something that you've never even tried? Right. You got to, tr- to try it. I was like, after saying no, like four weeks in a row, I was just like, man, just try it, you know? And, uh, but looking back 12, 12 years old you know there was no police or like by police i mean like parenting figures to be like uh you know do you know what you're getting yourself into like me i'm not a helicopter parent by any means but like with my son i'm just like dude if you do it just let me know and just let me know and i just want to know like i don't necessarily care because here's the thing like it's legal in half the country like it's hard for me i can't throw morals at you Mm -hmm. and say don't do it when it's legal in washington or what have you but uh just, just let me know, please, because I Come just want to. Me if you want I to. just want to know. Yeah. yeah. If it's you think it, about doing it one day, let me know. I can't, and I've always told him, like, dude, it's going to be somebody cooler than your dad, me, that's gonna get you to try it, and you won't be able to say no to that because they're they're cool. And what's the worst that can happen? And I just want to know that you're safe, son. That's it, you know. So just please let me know. But uh, I was curious about that. I wanted to ask you, and uh, so going back to this post breakup you 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 were in a depression you started drinking like how did you 
I, it, that's something I never fucked with. I never, I, ne- I drank here and there, glass of wine, you know, on New Year's is about as extreme as I get. I told, I talked to you on your show about the Irishman. Like that was a, that's an anomaly. That's a drop in the bucket. Like I do not drink, but now, or did you used to never like, okay. pe- you know, like now, like when I, when I interface with people, cause I'm an alien, that's how I refer to interfacing with people. Um, I will tell them like, I don't drink, I don't smoke. I got drug free tattooed on my knuckles. Uh, I have a, a, a tattoo of like the Sprite logo. It was like my CM Punk Pepsi yep. thing of mm-hmm. just like, I don't fuck Straight with that. Edge, yeah. And uh, people assume two things about me. When I tell them that I'm drug-free, alcohol-free, and that I'm a father, they assume these two things. It's it's an uh, it's an automatic assumption, which is number one. They assume I don't live with my kids. <laughs> and they assume that I'm in recovery. Mm. And to me, those are two, like, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But th- no, it's like I, uh, I, I came from a family of uh, drug uh, drug dealers. And uh, no, I live with my, my kids. What the fuck's the matter with you? But um, so like, how did you get into drinking? How old were you? And like, if you're if and I'm sorry that I'm harping on that is just because like, how, how does how does one fall into that? How did, how did it happen? So, I mean, like parties in high school, you go and you drink and like I was freshman or drinking like, beer. Yeah. Did you yeah. like shotgun stuff? Yeah. Or? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's. Like the progression, right? Like, yeah, junior, senior year, start going to parties. Um, you know, I would never got, I never got super peer pressured into it, you know, but it was, uh, hey, are you going to drink? Yeah, I guess I'll try it. Yeah, that's cool. And like, you know, it, me and my friends all probably tried it around the same time. I've definitely tried some stuff with my friends for the first time and like, you know, had those experiences. Uh, so the post high school, right? Let's say I'm depressed from like, 18 to like whenever I find a new girlfriend at like 19 or 20 right and that's all fine and hunky-dory uh but I you know I wasn't uh emotionally I was a very weak person uh were you are you saying emotionally you were a very weak person yeah yeah what do you mean by that uh what 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 is emotionally weak to your definition so one not being uh emotionally mature so not being able to have a handle on my emotions right like letting myself get upset easily you know um i definitely my girlfriend i lost my virginity too that's a lot of like emotional investment right first person you sleep with first person you tell you you love them it's a first relationship you're doing things together you know when that when that happened when i got dumped even though it was so trivial and like a high school relationship like okay they never work right at 19 18 you don't know that you know it's your world is ending Mm -hmm. and uh you know i didn't have good communication skills in terms of like telling people how i felt that probably comes from my parents um my so i went through this really weird patch in my life where uh i'd gotten uh so i got fired from that warehouse job right and within like three or four months my mom lost her job and we had had a house yeah and so like our house went into foreclosure we lost our house it was like a snowball effect of things that's brutal uh yeah and then so uh you know i date a girl for a bit during that period and like we're living with my mom in an apartment at one time with my sister so four people in a two-bedroom apartment wow. weird situation you know and like is the cost of living... Uh, it's same. Uh, it's about the same. It's about the same. Austin's probably overtaken a little bit over the last couple of years, but we mm-hmm. moved from Palm Springs out here because... How, how old were you around this time? Uh, 21, 22. Oof. Yeah. So, 
Uh, I'm curious during this time, you know, doing the band though. So like I have my outlets. You you do okay. But the band is like what was had you ever considered you know, um. A career at that time, what obviously there's pressure, right? No, no. And so see that's kind of a, you know, I the music thing was fun and everybody was into it and so this is how like that situation transpired so uh, i'm in this like really weird situation when i'm like tw- it might have been like 1920 where i'm living with my mom and this this girlfriend at the time and we have like this weird living situation right and hmm. she at the time is like hey you know i think you could do a lot better i think you could you know definitely stop like having you know being having people dependent on you, especially when you're the only one that's like working. Like my sister was still in high school. My mom went through a little bit of a midlife thing after we lost the house. Right. Kind of lost her way. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there was, you know, a time where all I cared about was having a good time. Really playing music. Of course, when you're in a band, so I move out of like the apartment, right. I get that situation taken care of. I'm actually finally out on my own with my girlfriend in our own apartment and yeah. I make stupid decisions and that relationship ends. Right. Like because what? Can you talk about that? I was, I was, I was being an asshole flirting around. Like, really? Yeah. You fucked with that. Yeah. Being, a, um, and so like, I didn't even do it, but I was talking to a girl. I see. And like you, have you ever pulled the trigger with that? No, no, not with a, not with a, um, not with like a serious girlfriend. When I say serious girlfriend, it's because me and this girl at the time had been dating like over a year mm-hmm. exclusively. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I've like, there's been girls that I, like, did she call it your girlfriend at the time? Did she call like, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys uh, pay, pay like rent together or yeah, we did. And so like I had to move out Ooh, and moved out. yeah. So what I did is I moved into the band house cause my drummer, my guitarist, my bassist all lived together. And they were like, dude, fucking come live with us. And I was like, mm. absolutely. So I mm. moved in with them. And that's when shit got real weird. Like so what? between like 2009 to like 2000, 2008 to like 2010, uh-huh. I'm just fucking partying. I worked at BevMo, which is like a mm. twin liquor kind of. But mm-hmm. in California, no weird liquor laws. So I just work at this place where you can just go and buy alcohol all the time. So, and I got free alcohol because I work there. Like I I got a six pack or whatever. That's the ideal gig for someone who's in the band house. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so we're the guy. Yeah. So it was fun. It was like, you know, we would have shows at our house, friends, parties, all of us fucking, I still talk to all of them. You know, it's, we're great friends, like a little great environment, but it, of course, being where I'm at now, was I working towards a career? No. Was I really following my dream of wanting to be a musician and wanting to do that? No, I was half-assing it for sure, 100%. Mm. You know, because we're all 18, 19, 20, 21. The age is kind of expanded, right? Nobody knows proper communication skills to like a level where they can manage a band functionally. It's very hard to take yourself seriously and be like, I'm going to be a businessman like at 19. Like, But it's also hard to like take yourself seriously and like, you know, because looking back on it, you know, we were all really passionate about being in a band and doing the thing, right? But of mm-hmm. course, nobody had all their ducks in a row to where they were like the responsible one. So like a couple guys didn't work at the time, right? Mm-hmm. One of them left to go join the military because he wasn't working. He didn't have a job. And like, okay. Did he come back very hard? Uh, oh, he's killing it now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But he went straight laced and is fucking yeah. killing it. Yeah. Wife and kids now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, and, um, you know, uh, so we ended up moving out of the house and then just, you know, nobody would come to a practice here. Nobody in that. So just kind of disbanded. Um, 
you know, there was some weird friendship stuff. You know, I, I one of my really good friends, me and him kind of had this weird falling out that we've never talked about, uh, you know, or addressed. You guys rekindle that? Oh, I mean, we're cool, but we've also never, like, discussed why we weren't cool. Was it we around just, a girl? No, no. Okay. No, it was, uh, no, uh, another, uh, it's a long story. But uh, there just wasn't any emotional intelligence within mm. me and within, you know, the other people. Not to say that, like, I'm not blaming anybody at all. Like, that's yeah. not what I'm trying to do. I'm just saying, like, hey, none of us are at a spot in our life where we had it all together and we could help others get it together, you right. know. And if there's anything that I recognize now, it's like, hey, I can't expect to be a part of a team, especially since I am in a leadership capacity now and I have to lead people. Yeah there's always going to be this like fluctuating level of what's going like not everybody's going to have all their ducks in a row all the time right mm -hmm. someone gets in a car accident someone fucking gets sick so there's always this like fluctuating thing right the ones that can pull it together are the ones that can address all those things and still maintain right and like that's why bands get managers bands get managers because they're you can't fucking run the show let me run the show you guys listen to me write the music do your thing but when it comes to showing up on time making sure practice is hit making sure you're doing the show making sure you're scheduling this making sure the funds are done yep that takes management that takes you know someone a leader that takes someone yep. to run that ship and uh you know i i use that analogy that 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 captain of the ship for a lot of things, it could be just individually, your home life, your relationship with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever it is. Uh, you know, there's, there's a, and there's also something else you said too. You said all in, right? Like your chips all in on this one project. Mm -hmm. I always thought that, and maybe we can expand on this a little bit, mm -hmm. but I always thought that's what I needed to do, right? I always thought that I needed to go all in on something. And if it wasn't going to be the music, if it wasn't going to be the wrestling, because when I was in high school, I wanted to be a wrestler. Like, If it wasn't going to be the job I was working at at the time, if it wasn't going to be one thing that I was going to put all myself into, mm -hmm. then what was that one thing? And I think that that's like an identity crisis people come up with nowadays is, or experience is we're expected to almost only do one thing. We're expected to almost, mm -hmm. you know, you go in, you're all in or you're out. Like there's no in between. And when it comes to filmmaking, yeah. like, yeah, if you want to be the fucking next Quentin Tarantino, you probably do have to go all in, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think that there's a, like a perspective that people need to put into place and understand that, you know, you can do two or three different things. Like I'm not trying to become in my current capacity, uh, fucking, you know, and like an executive leader at my current job. I'm not trying to become the fucking next Joe Rogan and I'm not Damn trying it, I thought to become... we could go the whole show without <laughs> I, know, I know I'm just kidding and I'm not trying to become like this fucking jujitsu master right but uh -huh. when I do the things that I do I put a hundred percent into them yes. and that comes with like having to prioritize managing your life you have to be able to manage your life if you want to be able to manage things right that's right and I think that there's a it took me a long time to realize that it took me a long time to realize that, Hey, I can have my, my feet in different doors and get benefits out of all of them and, and, and experience the highs and the lows of all of them and make something out of all of those things. But not if I'm not fully invested in them, in them when I am invested in them. I mean, does that make sense? Of course. Like, Hey, my work, when I leave work, that's off. I'm now wanted like the podcast stuff or mm -hmm. the gym stuff or whatever it is. And in order to manage that successfully, you have to be able to set like boundaries and, and delegate and be able to do all these different fucking things. And also be committed. 
and be committed yeah to show up yes yes and like you're gonna have your tough days you're gonna have your test days you're gonna have your days where you don't want to get up you're gonna have your days where you're gonna do it and you're gonna fail still like you're gonna do a really shitty recording or you're gonna have a shitty you know equipment's gonna break and you're not gonna be able to do something but it's that weird understanding that hey it's it's i don't know dude i can't fucking explain it and what irritates me is is i have always called it like being woke like my example of being woke, if I had to define woke, and I'm trying to work on that right now, I'm trying to actually fix the definition. I've put it up on Reddit a couple of times. Mm. I'm trying to fix the definition of woke. Cause right now, if you're woke, you want to use 80 pronouns and you want to fucking socialism right. and you want to, there's a weird woke definition that's out there. Yeah, I know. And when I first heard woke, I heard woke from like a Chris Rock joke a long time ago. And it was Ooh, how what's the joke I fucking, I can't even tell you what the joke was, but the premise of, of it is that it's a guy that's trying to, like, the shitty drug dealer always gets the chick, right? Always gets the hot babe and the hot chick. And it takes one shitty drug dealer to put on the, to actually put in work and have his life successful, you know, be successful in different areas. Uh But he still sells weed, like, on the side, right? Like, he's still the drug dealer that can get the chicks. Mm -hmm. But he's, like, the professional drug dealer, and he Mm -hmm. understands how things work and things happen. And it might not even be Chris Rock now that I'm thinking about it. But the joke is, is you're woke. You got woke. Like, that's it. Like, you understand how life works. You understand that, you know, because there's always this, like, victim mentality that can be played or this, you know the people that just go through the motions in life and never really follow their dreams or do what makes them happy or get fulfillment out of anything. Or then there's the people that, you know, they, they understand effort. They understand hard work. They understand what being like an emotionally intelligent person is and how relationships work and how interactions work and communication works and perspective. And they understand like the different facets of life. Right. Right. But you can't like umbrella that and say, Oh, Hey, you're this, you're that. So I've always like equated woke as being like, Mm -hmm. dude, you're woke. You know how shit works. You know that politics are this, you know, that Hollywood is made to fucking as a weird, like, distraction or what whatever about, what, what about like self-awareness self-awareness is a part it's kind of it of, yeah, that's a part definitely. of it but it's not the whole thing i guess i think you can be self-aware and still miss marks you know and yeah. i don't know and maybe i think you're no i think you're maybe right. woke isn't like an end game you know maybe it's like unfortunately a pa- a destiny <laughs> like what, a what i like about what you're talking about is um you know i've been telling my son a whole lot because i, I feel like sometimes i'm not a great dad like mm-hmm. sometimes i'm like i I'm the dad like I wish I was, but sometimes I'm not the dad that he needs. Right. You know, and they're not the same. And so oftentimes, you know, I've been telling him like, and this is like some 4D chess shit of like, son, just so you know, like everything that I'm saying, take the shit that's useful and f- the stuff that's not, it can fuck off. The Bruce Lee, like this, take what's necessary, discard what's not. A hundred percent. And and because like you spend half your, let's just say, you, you know, the, the lifespan of from zero to 30 and you spend zero to 27 learning. And then you spend 27 to 30 unlearning a lot of stuff. That's just like, I don't need that. It doesn't work for me. That's not my style, this and that. And that's part of like being woke. Unfortunately, like the term woke has been co-opted and just ruined by libtards. No, uh, by, by people who there's an agenda there. It's not about, getting this collective consciousness to a higher equilibrium it's more like political right Right. so for sure and and you know i don't know what that is but i know what you're talking about that higher self or that like higher perspective right it's kind you know know the meme where the dude's brain is like "Eh," and then then, uh, lighter and then 
yeah. of course. Like, th- and woke to me, that's a perfect way to put that. How do that. you feel that too, though? I think that that's to kind of tie it back to what you were asking me, like those wasted years, right? I remember specifically being 25 and... 25. Be, yeah, and being... And I had just gotten out of a relationship and I ended this relationship because I was, I was just like not happy. I was fat, I was overweight, I was... Uh, which are the same things. But I was, uh, you know... I didn't have the best relationship with my mom. I didn't have the best relationship with my sister at the time. Uh, you know, and they had their own shit going on. And it, not to say that it was me that was hampering it or them that was hampering it or these other relationships that I had, but it took a lot of like digging and a lot of like ref- reflection and meditating on like, hey, the situation's only going to get better if I try to make it better. All I can do is, is, it's 50-50, me and you, right? But I have to give my 100%, just like if I'm doing it in a job or in an extracurricular. How did you come to this realization? Was it a, was it a crisis? It wasn't. No, no, no. Um, I mean, maybe Was it not, all at once? Maybe not one crisis. No, man. I was just, I mean, I, I don't know if there was like a light switch moment where mm-hmm. it like got turned on and all of a sudden I was like, that's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I got out of that relationship, I felt shitty because I was being selfish. But I remember being... I remember telling myself, you have to do this for yourself. You can't do it for anybody else but yourself. Yes, you're going to hurt some feelings. Yes, some people might get upset at you. Yes, people might get mad. Now you're thinking about the future. Yes, but in order for you to be happy, you have to do this for yourself. It was a tough month afterwards. Like It was a weird awkwardness at like friend get-togethers and parties and things like that. But as long as... I didn't... As long as I didn't falter, as long as I stood my ground and was like, hey, this is how it's going to be, I ended up being at peace with that, with that decision, you know, and me and her are still friends where, you know, I, it, it never created any long lasting scars or anything weird because I was able to, I think, be honest with myself first, you know, and Hey, this is how it's going to be. It is going to be tough. It is going to be a challenge. Um, so that didn't come from like, a, like, a you weren't apprenticing. You didn't have a mentor that passed that down to you. That was self-taught. No, I mean, Self-taught self- in a way that like I I discovered it through like trial and error, no doubt. Like I, I probably see. had a friend that was, you know, hey man, you should maybe try this. Or I can give you an example of like that, I guess, mentor thing, right? Like uh, moving out here to Texas, I had come out here and had like just this, okay, what can I experience? And I remember working for this. this what year was this? 2016. Um, you know, and something that I carry with me now is I, I got hired on by... Uh, this this gentleman, his name's Adrian Marshall, and he was like, "Hey, I'm, I understand what makes uh, what makes teams work, and it's when you care about your people. And you know, so if you're going to come on board and you're going to be a part of this team, you got to make sure you care about your people. And that stuck with me to where I can now translate that and say, "Hey, you know, team building requires trust, requires you know, uh, interpersonal relationship building. Like, there's a bunch of different aspects to that, but I was able to like be shown the light, right?" And it's now transformed the way that I approach relationships and I approach, uh, you know, team building relationships and things like that. Um, You know, I had had a friend that got really into fitness. So around the same time when I'm I'm, I'm breaking up with that girl, right? Uh, You know, I was getting into shape. I was was going to a gym with uh, one of my good buddies of mine and he was also overweight. And he's like, dude, I'm just trying to lose weight. And eventually we were fucking like, impressed with ourselves so impressed with ourselves that we were like you know hey that it was all that was like a, a, a moment where you're like man i've felt so good about myself lately that it's no wonder like these good things have been happening you know because i've been happy or i've been projecting the happiness i haven't let people's attitudes get in my way i haven't let uh 
you know, the crazy fucking road rage bitch pissed me off. Like mm-hmm. I've been able to, I've been able to deflect all these moves and fucking juke and still make it to the end zone and still mm-hmm. get my fucking six points. It's a good feeling. And I'm feeling good about it. Yeah. And then as you do that more and more, you realize, okay, man, it's those little tweaks in myself that I'm making mm-hmm. that are now it's projection for real. Now I'm able to go and like smile at people all the time. So when, yeah. even when they do give me attitude, you get like a weird reaction. I'm going to keep smiling. It's probably going to piss people off some more, you know, but, but you're going to live your truth. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I have stickers that say live yeah. your truth because that's yep. a very, I, that's what I think it all comes down to too, is I, I there are not what it all comes down to, but a big part of the self-awareness or this, you know, getting woke or whatever it is, is, you know, you may not find yourself by asking the one, the two, the three important questions. You might not find yourself through a day of meditating. Like you may not find yourself. And that's what I find is really heartbreaking is there's people that are going through life that still haven't found themselves that are 60 i just got done reading you are a badass and Mm. that's all it's about it's about hey if you want to go out and do this like have conviction behind it and and if hopefully it aligns with like your your morals and your values and you're doing it for this self-fulfilling reason yeah you know but if you're gonna do it just go do it like don't don't say sit on the couch and say oh i wish i could or i'm gonna one day like if you don't get started you're never gonna get anywhere in the first place so that's right and I think that's also with like the self-improvement aspect. Like if you don't really strive to figure out who you are or, or what you want out of life at the very least, like I still don't necessarily know what I want to be in like five years or where I want to be or what I want to make whatever I'm working on now turn into. But I know what my happiness is and it's being able to have like good lasting relationships with people, uh, you know, being able to be honest and communicative with people and build because that's how you build genuine friendships you know and that you know i'm never going to do anything that that stifles my values i'm never going to do anything that i wouldn't you know what i'm saying i wouldn't ever do anything that would question like my integrity to myself if that makes sense well that's good i mean i i assume during those we'll just call them lost years that maybe you did transformative years transformative years um oh and let me go back to that because you mm -hmm. called them lost years well for me they were yes why are they lost? Because they're, they're not like so, little lessons and nuggets I, you can pull out of them. I'll and tell you apply? why. Okay. I'll tell you why. Absolutely. Like the, the, but at the same time, like I, I broke, um, that coffee's hitting you, bro. It is. I got a piece so bad. Do you need to? <laughs> so I do. I do. Okay, cool. I'm going to swap out a battery right here. Okay, cool. Oh, that worked. That came out at a, at a good time because I got to swap my battery here. So. Yeah, dude, I'm sorry. I wasn't planning on good. like a life or like not a life story, but. I don't have formulated thoughts going into this because it's so like good, good. Because I didn't want to be like we're going to talk about current events. Like I'm not. It's not that kind of show. But uh, yeah. you asked me about what I refer to as the lost years. So I forgot where I heard this, but um, I think there's probably nothing worse that you could do to yourself other than like you know capital murder or something, than like betray your own ideals or integrity. And you now know, oh. I know what my happiness is and I don't want to jeopardize that. Why would I, why would I break that? Um, I mean, I did that. I did that from, from 17 to to 21. Break your happiness? Absolutely. Because I was living for somebody else's paradigm, not for mine. You did say that. And that's, I was going to comment and say, you know, it's never good that you're living for somebody else. I would never let, I would, I would fight for some, like, you know, I would fight for my son to, to, to not do that. You know, like I don't want anybody to like, nobody should have to do that. Like part of my purpose, like my primary huge passion purpose in life is like to, like you say, you say like woke this thing, right? 
it's like a, it's like an activation. Like when you realize, Oh fuck, this is what I'm going for, what I'm trying or what I'm here to do. I, I feel like it's my responsibility. And I think I talked about this on your show is to be like Morpheus and in, in the matrix and like wake people up out of the matrix. I just say unplug them. Yeah. Like unplug the, them. Yeah. And so, and so they can, you can activate into like their real life and like Knives Monroe and, 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 you know, 2006, seven, eight, nine, like I was not living my life. I was not living my truth. And instead, like I was going through the motions and like cheating on myself with somebody else so they could be happy. And, and, and here's the thing, spoiler alerts, they weren't even happy, right? They left me. So it was like all for what, like turned down for fucking what it was, it wasn't worth it. And the only good thing that came out of it was I was like, Oh, I lost that time. Now I had to make up for it. So mm. I felt like this overwhelming pressure to be like, I'm 21. I want to be a filmmaker and I haven't made a movie yet. How can that be? Like, I can't, how could that be? This is before social media and before. Can you pinpoint anything out of those years that you consider to be like a win? And I ask because, sure. I mean, I look at. That's a good question. I kind of think empty years, right? Maybe they're empty because there wasn't much of fulfillment out of them. But I mean, like I was definitely having a good time during those years in my life in the moment I was having fun but looking back yeah they those years didn't attribute to anything I have now other than for for me skills. like almost nothing like almost nothing okay. like I remember that's fair I remember getting credit cards maxing them out never paying for them mm. that's a, that's a shit bag scumbag mm. thing to do I did it in seven years they dropped off my credit's great like today my credit's great like it's such a douchebag thing to do um I remember like the pivotal moment that was like, a, okay, the the Titanic hit the iceberg and then there was no going back was um, I rented There Will Be Blood, which is my favorite movie now. And I got it on DVD and I was watching it and I had to go to class. And so I thought, oh, I'll watch the first half and then I'll go to class, I'll come back and I'll finish it. I never went back to school again when I put this movie on. And I was like this, I was like, how could I have... The movie was so inspiring to me as, as from a filmmaker perspective that I was like, the wasted years came, came, came and hit me of like, why am I not living my truth? Like, why did I put this on the shelf to die? Like my dream. And my girlfriend called me and she was like, Hey, like, are you almost out of class? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still at school. Yeah. I should be getting out shortly, whatever. And she's like, no, you're fucking not. You're at your house and I'm outside like your window. And I was like, fuck and that was the beginning of the end and i was just like damn it like i'm busted and she was just like what the fuck are you doing and i'm like it's kind of it was hard for me to be like there was this movie there was this movie that like it I, sounds so dumb and i also lied to her you know but but i was lying to myself and so like if i could if i could pull any cool thing out of it it's actually really really hard um i had some good good times and great memories with friends that like as corny as this sounds like i could i can recall like I, I went hard when I was hanging out with them. Like I went hard. I, uh, I really enjoyed it. I was very present and I, and I remember feeling like this ain't going to last forever, but I love it right now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very self-indulgent in that way. And, and honestly, like if you were to ask me, and this is so selfish and maybe it's my state of mind today. And maybe if I was more, if I had a better state of mind, I wouldn't say this answer, but like, I mean, um, I got laid a lot during that time with this person. And so I got to really figure out what I like sexually and like what I didn't like and like who I was sexually. That's a good time. Like that, that was a good time for that. Like I figured myself mm -hmm. out 
sexually. But even then, who gives a fuck? That has nothing. That's not a contributing factor. Like I was still a dependent. I still lived with my mom. Like I. There's certain things in there. I think though. Honestly, that it would, do. You know, because and I, I was gonna say this a second. It's ago, embarrassing like, to say, but like, okay, I, I put some deposits in this bank bank. But I mean, you're you're There's not really much to be proud of there. Maybe not proud. Like you may not want to hold pride with that. But <laughs> yeah, and I'm not. You're you know, and I, I was gonna say this a second ago, but like, what my happiness is now may change in five years. Like I don't, I can't predict that. You know, but I also can't control it. If four and a half years down the road there's like some weird urge I'm getting and it's calling me and it's, you know, I, I, it's, it's either I'm thinking about that or I'm at work or I'm distracted by it. And it's just something that I need to figure out in myself and figure out what that is. Then I, I approach it and I, I adapt and I overcome like there's, there's, you're going to change constantly. What is important in, in, in my opinion is understanding how to embrace that change, how to accept that change, how to, you know, move forward and move past it. And I think that's where people do get into their pitfalls or do get into, you know, cause you're lucky to be doing that at 21, maxing out credit cards and, you know, being a bum, right. For lack of a better term. Yeah. And I was certainly maximizing my privilege. Yeah. And so imagine being 40 and then doing that. No, and there no. are people that are still there, you know, you're, there are people right. that are still in that realm. Yeah. And those are the ones where I'm just like, man, if you did catch the wind of what you wanted at 20, imagine what you'd be doing right now, right? Imagine if you mm-hmm. did make your film at 17 or whatever it is. Right. And it's a it's a weird caveat to like say, oh, you know, it's it's if only I could have done it differently. Well, like you you I can't do it differently. I don't fuck with that too much of like the woulda, coulda, shouldas. Okay. I really don't. I I don't. I'm not saying that you thought I did, but I don't I'm pretty good at like it it is it's what it is. The people that I don't think get on the path or or, or live their truth right. or find yes. that process are stuck in that though. Oh fuck! You know a. what I'm saying? Fucking and a. I think that that's where it's, you know, hey man, there's no better time than like the now. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's whatever second you don't spend on yourself and figuring yourself out is a second you're losing because you're gonna die one day, and fucking it's gonna a. suck a whole lot if you figure out. And you what wake truly up your makes you happy at 60. Like you're going to be oh, exactly. real pissed off. And there is, you know, unfortunately, like I know that there's this, you know, anybody can accomplish anything and anybody can No, when you're 60, your will is shot. Like the chances yeah. of you accomplishing something at 60 when you've never tried it or you've never even a- attempted to figure out how diminishes so quickly because you don't have the spunk when you're 20. You don't have the fuck, you know, at 30, like I realize now, hey, I can't do I need sleep. Like when I was in my 20s, sleep didn't fucking matter to me, bro. I didn't care yeah. about getting eight hours of sleep. What are you talking about? Yeah. No, I'll sleep for two hours and drink an energy drink. I saw a TikTok where this guy was like, it was some Navy SEAL guy, Jocko looking motherfucker that was like, if you get eight hours of sleep every day for a whole year, you were asleep for four months. That fucks me up a little. You know, I, my mantra growing what up. The fuck? That's right. Yeah, my mantra grow, and it makes it makes sense because it's a third of your day, right? Um, my <laughs> Brian is doing math. He gonna, doesn't believe it. Was, um, wow. If the Navy SEAL said it, it has to be true. But my mantra growing up, and, and this is not good. Like I, I did a lot of shit, and this is age and maturation and like being a father talking. I did a lot of shit that I'm like, why did people let me do that? You know. Um, one of the things was like sleep was like, I, I did not sleep. Like I have to take melatonin because I can't turn off my brain. Oh, I, I think, I think not sleeping 
back then like yeah not, it you could probably get now. away with it but i i can't now like, oh no because i don't need to and then i go to sleep at you know uh 12 noon and then i gotta what, what what i just i i cannot do that like as a parent now like and i haven't but so i have i've trained myself to sleep but my mantra from like during those lost years or wasted years was like sleep is for suckers i had saw like some arcade fire or i don't know what band it was like lyric or we will never sleep because sleep is for the week and we will never rest till we're all fucking dead that's a good one but it was something like um i think it was like sleep is giving in no matter what Mm. and like i was just like you're right because like this sort of like eastern sort of like when you're asleep the enemy's getting better like type of thing where i was like "Ah, ah," and i was just like loading programs and programs and programs of like movies or scripts or screenwriting or um self-development or whatever that I could that like I probably got brain damage from not sleeping during that time like the longest I've gone without sleeping was eight days and I was I was seeing shit you know it was terrible and you know that's just something you know I I can't get away with but I will say that like I got I got a lot out of life like I was not like a hedonist or anything I've never done like the burning man thing but like I got to fuck whoever I wanted. I got to stay up and like do whatever I wanted, go wherever I wanted, you know? And, and I, I, I did that. Like I, it was a selfish, self-indulgent like time, mm-hmm. but I wasn't putting in the reps. And that's like, ultimately I, I don't want to say I regret that. I don't, you know? So the optimist positive person in me is like, I don't regret that. But it was certainly time that like, I look at as like, I, We'll never get that time back. And that hurts more than anything. And I think that's why I have a sense of urgency today. If I'm talking to a family member or a friend or somebody, and I, and I have to say this, and Trent brought this to my attention. So if Trent, if you're hearing this and you made it too far, made it this far, this one's for you, buddy. But, um, and he didn't say this, but it, it occurred to me of like, I'm like, a, I'm, I think I'm a pretty judgy person. You know, like in the Tupac sense of like, only God can judge me or whatever, like, and I don't mean to do it, but it comes from like, a, I don't want people to waste their time, their time, like the time that they get on the rock. Like, I don't want them to waste it. And so if somebody's like, no, I don't know what I want to do. And like, I might go back to school or like, you know, they kind of just tell you like, they just say it, but they're not looking for it. It's, it's unsolicited, right? Mm-hmm. They're not looking for advice. I'm the type of person that's like, you got to find your passion, man. What's your passion? Like, what, what, what is it that makes you happy? Like, uh, and I get, and they're just like, dude, bro, chill. And I, and, and I don't. And I think it comes from like a don't 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 waste your fucking years, man. Like that's the worst thing you can do. Uh, I'm I'm terrified of that. And I remember being 24 and thinking I'm fucking old, man. I'm I'm old. Like I'm making I'm barely making a movie at 24. I remember if you, and dude, what the fuck? What kind of thought is that? Like, but it just comes from this overcompensation of I don't want to waste time because mm-hmm. I lived a life for. I mean, and, and, and honestly, I was being a pussy. Like, I, I'll say that for me. Like, I, I should have at 16, you know, I know the moment where I should have told this girl, like, I'm fucking out. I'm going to choose me. Yeah. You don't do that when you're at that age. But, yeah. I, you know, in the... In Emotional the, intelligence isn't there? It, it, it was more like, a, a, I would call that particular note, like self-worth. My self-worth wasn't there of okay. like, eh... If you don't believe in me, then you can go fucking yeah, fuck off. Right. You right. know? I, instead I was like, you know, that pussy was just too good. You know, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's stupid. It's stupid way of thinking, but when you're a kid, that's the way you think. And I and at the time when you said it, like, you know, 
when you're with your first girlfriend, like you think this is going to this, I want to hold this forever. Right. But I, I traded my dream for that and it wasn't authentic to me. And so I like, I, I, I betrayed myself in that way. And I don't want people unconsciously do that to themselves, whether they know it or not. And it's quite a shame. It's quite a shame. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer and you are the four or five people that you have around you, you know, that culture. And so if you're going to fuck with me in my life, like you need to be up, like mm -hmm. you need to be woke. You need to know that you need to invest in yourself. I don't care what it is. Like you could, you could be the best accountant in the world or mechanic in the world, but like wake up and be psyched and stoked for life. Like, cause you only get the one, all the shit that you're saying. And so I'm trying to work on maybe listening more and not, and like, and appreciating stuff more and not judging as much. I'm very quick to be like, wait, what? Like you, you bank at Wells Fargo? Not, not that I do that, but I'm just like, huh? Like, I don't know if you're doing the right things for you. It's like, well, who the fuck am I? I ain't a life coach. Like it's, this is unsolicited advice. So I, I've learned that from talking to Trent because like I have like this older brother and I'm an older brother too. Uh, I have this older brother. He's the younger brother sort of thing relationship. And that's really unfair to him. Like it just is like, hmm. why can't we be equals? But I don't know why I see myself as like, you're, well, dude, you're the, you're the white belt. I'm the blue belt. I'm not sunning you. It's just like, you know, got a little more I, skin in the game. I, I show up every day. Is yeah. all. I take it seriously. You know what I mean? That's all. Not that you don't, but like, you, you know, it's, it's just what it is, but I'm trying to work on that personally, man. Uh, speaking of that, yeah. speaking of that, um, how, how did you, how did you get into jujitsu? Uh, so I've been dying to ask you that around the, uh, the, when I was like 24, 25, so it was 2000 and I turned 21 in 2008. So 2012, 2011, I was like 24, 25, right when I started getting into shape, I started training, uh, my good buddy JJ, uh, took me to, uh, it's like an MMA gym in, in Palm Springs, California, or in Indio, actually. It was run by Cub Swanson. Shout out to Cub. Uh, it was called True MMA at the time. And uh, I started just training there and trained there for a couple of years and uh, trained like other places, other gyms, got really into like weightlifting, got really into just fitness. Uh, and I'm a huge like MMA fan. I got into MMA with my buddy John and uh, a bunch of other friends back in the day. And, uh, you know, never really was like, Oh yeah, that's that'd be cool to do, and then just got into it, and then jujitsu is just a progression from that. Like really wanting to get into jujitsu. Um, I grew up never being in a fight. I've never ever ever been in like a actual altercation fight. There's been several different instances where it could have gone down, as kids like to say. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I found myself being 18, 19, full spunk, you know, ready to, ready for whatever, and being in situations that probably could have turned out bad. You know, uh, and then like, as you're getting into it, realizing like, oh, Hey, I probably should learn to like defend myself. I probably should learn some sort of like, you know, defense system or like martial art. I did karate when I was little, but I'm definitely not sidekicking anybody in the face. So, uh, remember three ninjas. Oh yeah. Rocky, uh, Rocky cub and right. It names. was Tum Tum, Tum, -tum. And, Colt. and Colt. Yeah. Rocky Colt and Tum Tum. <laughs> I wouldn't have remembered I, until you said, who did Clum or what'd you say? I said cub. Cause cub. I was probably thinking about cub. I was like, it was Colt, you're right. Colt. And then Tum Tum, one of my good friends, uh, Mike, we actually call him Tum Tum because he's got a big tummy. Nice. This is his nickname, so I should have remembered that. Yeah. 
So you're a blue belt. Uh, yeah, just recently. Well, last year. July. Congratulations, man. You could kick my Thanks, ass. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure. I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure I would have to sneak attack you to <laughs> even have a chance. Uh, to even have a chance. I'd have to have a, a blunt object. You know, and it's it's for anybody that isn't in like a martial arts or jujitsu, it doesn't have to be jujitsu. It could be anything. Um, but there's just a different, that also taught me a lot about like myself and, and, you know, you go into a gym and you're new and you have an attitude with someone, you're going to get checked. You're going to checked real quick. You know, you're going to get put in your place and what you're I love about, understand life. What I love about jujitsu and like, we need to talk about it more like as a society is that there's so much talking, there's so much talking shit. There's so much you you um, delusion, yeah. like attitude of like I could do this or like this person doesn't. But it's like unless you have the stones to go up on stage and like do an open mic, shut the fuck up. Because if you've never done it, don't even talk about it. Or if you've never been in a fight and have been like humbled in that way, right? Like jujitsu is. I think Jocko calls it like what? Like jujitsu is life in it's, that way. It's a. It's it's one of the best ways to learn discipline because however long you're there for, if you're there for an hour, two hours, however long your classes, or if you're at a, a a decent place, chances are you're working with people that will choke you out and will put you to sleep. And it's a very humbling experience being put out. It's a very humbling experience realizing that someone who you think is inferior to you, smaller, maybe weaker in some areas <laughs> and how they just put your lights out, you know, and that goes with fighting, boxing, you know, it's an ego check. It is. It's a, it's a self check. Yeah. It's and it's a, healthy. It's a, oh, very healthy. Yeah. Anybody who says martial arts is like too violent or there's better. No, you, I, in my, well, that's like some jock shit or like you got to be a meathead for that or yeah or like that it breeds violence in its own way like no it doesn't like if there's anything that martial arts or self-defense whether it be Krav Maga any type of just physical system that te it, if it teaches you anything it's that humility and that you know it very well could be you and somebody else and hopefully you have the ability to defend yourself because if it's in a situation where someone wants to take it too far and you don't know what you're doing you People die, you know, people die all the time. Every day. Every day. Every day people die, you know, and it's something as simple as fucking getting beat up too much, taking too many shots to the head, someone pushing you down, you hitting your head, getting stabbed. You know, if someone's got a gun, you might be fucked just in general. I don't think jujitsu is going to defend you from a gun at all. But, you know, if, if someone, it doesn't matter. Like you and you, and it also teaches you not to jump at people because you don't know. You don't know who's going to fuck you up. That's right. You know, it teaches you to put yourself in check and it teaches you to have discipline and control of your emotions, your fucking reactions, a bunch of different things. Highly recommend it. Any martial art, not just jujitsu. Jujitsu is just, there's no blood and, and punching and kicking. It's, it's, Hey, I'm going to come in. I'm going to break your arm. I'm going to choke you out. I'm going to leave. I'm going to get in, get out, boom, d d incapacitate you. However. And then, you know, yeah, it's not like a, Ooh, you're getting me excited. I, I don't want to be that guy that says, you know, I would like to do it and then doesn't do it. Like, there is something, one thing I liked about the backyard wrestling that we would do is... Certain it, level of toughness. 50-50, I mean, it's like the song... You're really uh, scaring if, people. They're like, I don't know. Whatever. If you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. Right. In, in that regard, it's kind of tough. But, um, you know, 50% 50 of the time we would, we would call the matches. Sometimes it was like whoever got the pin got the pin. You know, that's just the truth, even though it is fixed. But one thing I loved is like when you were wrestling, when you were fighting... For whether if it was eight minutes or an hour, I wasn't thinking about my bells. I wasn't thinking about it. It was a free fall. It was mm -hmm. just like 
it's just, just this pocket and it's just you and the guy and it's just you in contact, you know, and it's just like you and not getting hurt or protecting the guy. But the few times that I've rode jujitsu and just, and I've just done it maybe three or four times. It's like, it feels that way. Like yeah. when it's over, uh, oh gosh, I was just watching fight club the other day and like the line is, uh, the line is, um, oh gosh, I don't recall the line, but it was something like nothing mattered. Nothing mattered after a fight. Mm -hmm. Like there was no like, um, you know, I got to go to Ikea and get the, no, there's yeah. none of that. There's just the contact. There's just the, there's just the fight or the, the grappling or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, I kind of need that in my life. Like I need that, not just physical exercise, but like the mental exercise of just like, and it's over. And then like, you got it out. You got the demons out. Like it's, it's out, you know, like you got to be a little bit of a masochist, like to be into it because it's painful. Like you're signing up to get choked out. It might not make sense to most people, you know, but if you're at a legit place, every waiver is like, you could die. <laughs> like it's, you're signing a waiver. If you do jujitsu that you could die. Cause you, you absolutely could, you, you know, could shit die. happens. Not that you're going in there trying to kill people, but you, you know, someone gets choked too long, you know, and it happens. Like, I think that, that, but also, I mean, th with the way the culture is, it's like tap, just tap it. Huh? Big fucking deal. Just fucking yeah. tap. Yeah. Don't be that guy that doesn't tap and then is asleep. And that's <sighs> That's what it, it, it demands so much from you mentally. Like you can't, and I, I would assume this goes for, I mean, I've done boxing I've done MMA. I've done a lot. And like, if there's something that just grabs you and you have to be in the moment in those situations, like yes. if you're thinking about a bill or someone's jabbing you in the face, like, or thinking about work or you're thinking yeah, about or stresses, it yeah. forces you to be so in the moment because yes. it is life or death in a simulated way. Like, you know, you're, it's not comfortable. It's not like, Oh, we're, we're in a gym together so nothing we do is real like no if you don't tap you could legitimately break a fucking limb like if That's you don't right. tap you're gonna get hurt you're gonna get put to put out if you don't fucking tap if you have an arm around your neck like it's a very simulated real environment and it forces you to it forces you to not focus on anything else right. and i think people maybe it's also like a mental game too. are afraid to get like distracted by things or they're afraid to, you know, or they're so distracted with all the stress and the bills and all that is they can't put all their focus in something, which goes back to what we were saying, like following a passion or like right. actually committing to something like that's probably why people don't because they are so distracted with bills right. and work and whatever relationship isn't working at the time that they're yeah. in or whatever friends are mad at them for some stupid bullshit or some drama on social media. Like, and let's be real, I, I worry about bills and I worry about things, but there's only so much that I'm going to let my mind wander on those things before I'm like, okay, I'm going to solve this issue and move on. Like, right. that's, a, that's one thing I've understood, I've come to realize as we're talking about like waking up, whatever, is uh, I, I don't have time for like bullshit. Yep. I understand what like committing to a task and following through on that is now yep. because that's the only way I've been actually to be able to produce results. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I can't half-ass a task and expect me to get what I want out of it because I'm half-assing it. Like, no, you have to fucking, you have stress and you have shit you're dealing with. You got to figure that shit out or it's going to kill you. You're going to not stop thinking about it. You're going to worry about that shit until you're old. Like if you don't, if you can't compartmentalize and just figure it out. And the only way you're going to figure it out is by figuring out your life shit, figuring out, you know, what way you work best how you you know how your relationships are how you are with people like you're never going to figure any of that nonsense out if you can't focus and i don't know it's a weird you got to kill the monster while it's small well it's a baby. It'll, it'll fucking yep. grow and it'll it'll wreck your whole world and it's there's never a good time 
to be inconvenienced by a fucking crisis. And usually, I think most people are going through the motions. They're distracting themselves, escaping, whatever. And what's what's inevitable? What's inevitably down the road ahead is a crisis. Right. And it's like, I almost feel as the Morpheus role. Like I keep saying, it's almost my responsibility. Even though it's like, who the fuck are you? But it's my responsibility to be like, dude, there's there's a crisis coming up. Like, please avoid it if you can. You know, yeah. I, I just need to be more. You the signs on the side of the road that let people know. Right. They haven't turned yet and gotten off or like yeah. done their detour. They're just still going, not paying attention. I think that's another thing too that is, you know, if you're if you're trying to I guess not be distracted or if you are trying to what did you say a second ago? You want to be the person that what? How did you say it? Well, I want to be the person that um that just warns them that there's a crisis up ahead, you know, like hey, just just I it's just the the Morpheus thing of um of like, I don't want to say activating people, but just like kind of warning them, you yeah. know, and I need to be better about like not preaching, but really maybe just put it more into my art. And if people come by that and it does something to them, great, but I don't want to, and I'm really bad at it. And I think it's part of like, if I'm being super real, like I think it's part of my own distraction. Mm -hmm. Like I don't yeah. want, if I'm helping, if I'm, and this is being dramatic, but if I'm, um, if I'm tying a tourniquet to somebody else's wound, I don't have to worry about my own yeah. and I'm yeah. busting stitches all the time, you know? So so Jordan Peterson's got to clean your room, right? Like just fucking. I, I totally agree. Get up that. and make your bed. Like yeah. if you do one thing, get up, and make your bed. I don't, but you know, but I will. Like there will be days where like, hey, I have to clean the room because I can already see that like one more pile of clothes is gonna be my fucking downfall, yeah. and I'm gonna have three hours of laundry that I got to do or some shit, right? Like right. if you don't take the time to address the small little things, they're just gonna compound and compound and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh yeah, and then they become catastrophes that you can't, you know you're kill the monster while it's small yeah you're fucking going to work late every day because you're fucking lazy and you don't clean your room or you don't get up early enough and you get stuck in traffic well one day you're getting fired because you're late that's right was that a discipline thing could you've just gotten up earlier fucking people, a year ago and then not even worried about sleeping in ever people like, delude themselves into thinking the world it's not me it's like you know it's, it's the, victim, the system the victim mentality yep. yeah yep. that scares me man I, I think i've i think i've gotten a lot better at that um the owning it thing we were talking about on my feed the other day. That's right. That is, that's about it taking is. accountability. Yeah, the victim mentality. Like if you're really pointing the finger all the time, chances are you're the root cause of all the problems. Did you ever read the Four Agreements? Mm -mm. It's it's a pretty good one. I would just like I've heard of it. I yeah. would just wiki it. Like you don't need to read the whole thing, but um, it talks about like that not to take things personally because the truth is people don't give a fuck about you and they're just trying to build their own dream. That was a massive unlock for me. I'm like, oh, yeah, like no one gives a shit about me. Not in like an emo way. Massive unlock. I like that. Oh, yeah. Like it was just like a, an achievement yep. unlocked in a way. And I was just like, oh, like I don't need to take it so personal. Nobody cares. And that's like a that's a that's a freedom thing. It's like, oh, that's wonderful. Like nobody gives a fuck. No one's losing sleep about how Knives is raising his kids. Like that's my responsibility. I have to own that. Like mm -hmm. that one's that one's all on me, whether if I show up or not. That's on me. You know, my my. The business that I work for is going to move on without me, you know, whether if I'm there or not. But it's my responsibility to, to show up every day and, and, and bring the goods, you know. But um, that to me is part of this whole owning it idea of just like in a good way, nobody gives a fuck about you. Like you have to water your own plants. You know, you have to show up. You have to do the work, put in those deposits. And if you don't, there's a fucking crisis waiting for you, whether if that's, you know, um. You're glued to your phone, and so you're texting and driving, and then boom, that's it for you. Or even worse, you know, you hurt, you, you hurt somebody, right? And you got to live with the consequences, like whatever. Like all these things, these little micro actions, these, these micro decisions, you know, lead. 
I'm a big Tony Robbins guy, and he says, um, everything you do is a cause set in motion. And that like terrifies me because I'm like, well, if I didn't drink enough water this day, I'm like, oh, I, I, I feel really guilty. And I'm like, shit, like, that's why I'm gonna have a migraine tomorrow or whatever. But like, it's hard to not super, super examine everything. One of my, one of my friends who's been on the show a few times, Dave Knopp, says, um, you know how they say like every day is a brand new day? He's like, he's like, it's the same thing with minutes. Like every minute is a brand new minute. Like you don't have to be like, oh, I ruined the day. Tomorrow it's gonna be brand, it's like, dude, you, what about like in two minutes from now? Like you can change it now, right? That's another unlock for me. I'm like, yes, because I'm very, going back to like 10 year old knives who would jerk off, I'm like, okay, okay, I'm gonna jerk off. Uh, I feel really guilty about it. But like starting on Monday, I'm not gonna jerk off anymore. Like that was like my big thing. I'm like on a Monday, yep. on a Monday, I'm not gonna do it anymore. And it's like, how about you just change this habit now? Yeah, yeah, anytime. Again, because every second wasted is, there's a, there's something that like shook me one day and it was like, you're at any, there's gonna be a point in your life where you're closer to death than you are. Where you have more, birth. you have more yesterdays than tomorrow's. Yeah, dude, and that, I was like, whoa. That's Whoa. fucking crazy. And like you can grand scheme that. Like if our average life expectancy is 82 for males or whatever, we're right. 32. Cool. Bro. 50 years. Yeah. yeah. Woo. We're still in the first act. Uh, are we? <laughs> I want to ask you, how did the common chaos, how did that come about? Uh, so my first guest ever was Trent and he told me that I should just get on and like start recording. What I wanted to do originally was like an apparel thing because uh, I have a bunch of friends in California that are artists. And, uh, I saw a lot of opportunities for them to like sell their work or get stuff going, but no, nobody was like making shirts or doing canvas paintings or anything like that. And I, I couldn't have been the person that was like, Hey man, I've got a canvas. Will you just paint a bunch of stuff? Cause maybe you don't want to be a painter or maybe you don't, you know, maybe that's not your wheelhouse. Um, and so I wanted to be able to give, like, I thought about maybe just doing a website and having like a, having it be like a collective of artists and uh you know have it be somewhere where you can go and get information about these really cool things have their their work displayed links to their websites and then i could just be like a hub where you could go and find what you needed but you know that's do i want to build a business that's like a hub for people like that no that wasn't what i was trying to do um and then so i thought a podcast would be a cool way to do it sit people down and 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 talk about whatever projects they're working on or whatever they have in the, you know that they're proud of and but I felt that that was again what's the direction what was my point in it am I trying to lift other people up am I trying to lift myself up uh, I am an attention whore I like attention so I wanted to talk and have people listen to me so how can I talk and have it be about me yet I'm trying to promote a person and their projects or whatever they're doing so it was just a weird thing for me I never really like put it down on paper with like hey this is what I want common chaos to be um, and then me and me and Trent got linked up and when'd you guys meet 2000 and like the end of 2016, we met at my work cause he was a customer of mine. That's right. And then we kind of like just connected through social media and then, uh, I jumped onto like Austin live and local at the beginning of like 2017 with him and we were doing a lot of those shows and I was like, man, this is, he was doing a couple things with a couple other guys too. And they were just talking about like Rogan type shit and just whatever poppy culture relevant stuff and um you know i've always been into it so i kind of i i'll be honest i fell into the podcast thing just to do a podcast like i had an idea hey i want to showcase people and at the same time i want to talk and you know see where that goes it 
worked a lot with Austin Live and Local Thing because we were doing interviews and we were going to events and throwing events and doing things. So we were involved a lot. So I had a lot of like connections I was making. Um, you know, and that's something that it sounds so, so lame and like gross in a way because I don't want it to sound like I'm trying to be a voice or like a generation or a thing, but I've been able to understand or at least comprehend what I believe is living my truth, right? Living a life that is fulfilling and, uh, you know, I'm happy, man. I'm, I'm so like, I do wake up every day excited for shit, even though I can, I can look long distance and say, man, I'm going to be in school for another two years. Fuck. And like have like those thoughts of <laughs> dread and like, am I ever going to make it out alive kind of thoughts? And then I do, I remember like, Hey, it's a fucking new day. It's a, you know, I could have experiences today that I've never experienced and I may experience things that I have experienced, but I'm not going to experience in the same way. You know, I work a nine to five. I'm not fucking traveling the world or doing something different every single day. Like I do live a pretty monotonous life at times, but my mindset to that is, you know, every day is a new day. Every day is, is a new experience that I can share with somebody, a new connection I can make with somebody. Uh, you know, another day to make somebody laugh, another day to make somebody smile, another day to get the chance to say I love you to somebody or here I love you. And it's, it's a, again, I can't like package it in a, in a thing, but through discovering that in myself, I've discovered that other people are also figuring that out. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think that the more people hear stories and examples of that and more, more, more people hear stories and examples of hardship and struggle and success and achievements. And, uh, you know, even if it's, you can take this at like a high scale. Like if you do have, and I know we've mentioned him three times, but if you do have a Rogan and he has a lot of life changing people on his show, right? You know, chances are they're already making a huge impact before they get to Rogan, right? That's mm-hmm. why they're on Rogan and it's like a yeah. big thing. Yeah, that's awesome and that's nice, but that's such a small percentage of people that can actually relate to those levels, right? You know? Mm-hmm. And yet there's stories that are just as impactful and just as important and just as dense mm-hmm. as those people. That's right. And I feel like we're almost, we're blind to the fact that we have those people around us all the time. And just because they don't have a million Facebook followers or Instagram followers, or they're not some fucking social media guru or some self-development coach, doesn't mean that they don't have value and they don't have worth. And at the very least, a compelling story. Yes. To somebody, you know, you don't have to fucking impress a million people, but if I can have somebody on and I have, I've had people reach out to me about the most just oddball of like guests or oddball of conversations or oddball topics. And people be like, Hey man, you, you know, I didn't even think about it that way. I'm really glad you brought that up. Here's what I think. Mm -hmm. And then they'll engage with me and I can, I know that when I'm engaging with people, people's wheels are turning and that's what it, you know, it took, I got bored a lot in those, like those wasted years. You know, there's a lot of time where I was up late watching movies, scrolling fucking on Wikipedia, just falling down rabbit holes, not really being productive with my time, mm-hmm. you fucking know, off. but when I was productive, you felt that energy, you felt that high on it, you know, and you're, when your gears are turning or when you're finding something new or interesting and it captivates you, you know, you almost are looking, looking at life through like different lenses. You're kind of like, you know, I have these weird goggles on, but it's fun. I'm going to keep wearing these goggles. And if I can, if I can spark that in people and I can just get people on the path to figuring themselves out or to, to finding their truths or whatever it is, then I feel accomplished. And it might sound kind of like conceited or, 
I don't know. I, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to say that I want to be that voice, but you know, there are people that can be heard and that need to be heard. And if I can do that through my medium, then cool. I want to do that. You're doing that. And I love it. Do you have a favorite show that you've done? Can you think of the one? I have, uh, like my most popular ones have been my, uh, the mayoral candidates I did, Alex and, and Travis, mm -hmm. they're running for mayor back in 2018. They've been that. my most popular, but I what's think like it's one where you're just like, I would hear that again. Cause I like it of my own. You're asking mm -hmm. right? of your own. Uh, what was that guy who, who hosted the hip hop awards? Uh, his name, I won't say, I don't know if he likes his real name being out there, but his name's Von Doom, George Von Doom. George Von Doom. That was yeah. a really good one. George Corbin. Yeah, he's awesome, man. I, I met him through Austin Live and Local, actually. That was like a next level one, I thought. Um, I don't know, man. I don't I know, man. Cause, and you know what? I The Becca ones are great. Very insightful. I, those are, I love those. She's actually. I feel like they don't count, though. I've been wanting to hear her show. Oh, dude, listen to it. It's great. Full disclosure, like, it's because what if it's, like, better than mine, and I'm going to be fucking jealous, I'm fucking resent her, and it's like, I don't even know her, and it's like, when people are, like, super dope, I'm like, fuck. It's discouraging. I, I know. But you need, you need to kill that. Kill it. Well, it's a baby. Don't let it discourage you. You're right. You. You're right. And because it happened to me, and I'll tell you the exact the exact time it happened. Uh, With her pod? Yep. I had been fucking lazy, right? I just, I think I had been writing some, like, blogs and putting them up, but I wasn't recording. And her and her friend Jamie decided that they were going to record a podcast and they were going to do it. They have not missed a Wednesday Fucking since a. they've done it. Every Respect. single Wednesday have not missed one. Respect. Like a month and a half, two months in, Summer Moon gifted her like a gift card mm. because of the podcast. And they mentioned Summer Moon all the time, the mm -hmm. coffee shop. Mm -hmm. So they got a gift card from them. And then <laughs> they, they got like some... Uh, podcasting network reached out to them and they were like hey we want to feature your podcast yeah. and like low-key deep down i was like what the fuck yeah you've been doing this like yeah for a month and a half <laughs> and yeah, i've been yeah. doing it but what it did is it made me look back and go hey you haven't missed a fucking wednesday yep. you guys are having fun while you're doing it there's no end goal in it you guys are just doing it because you're and it reset me for sure and it's it's if anything motivated me to just be more on my shit you have also motivated motivated me to be more on my shit you motivated me Trent, originally. Dude. Hey, and I know that that's like a, my goal is to get you, me, and fucking Trent all on a, a someone's platform and fucking just burn it down completely. No shit. But, you we know. We could take it all down. I think that there's something to be said with like, hey, we're talking about like, you mentioned if people that you're not associating with aren't getting up and like loving their day, you don't want anything to do with them. People need that. And, you know, if you're questioning yourself or if you're working on yourself, work on the people around you too. And you'd be surprised on like, once you shift that perspective, how many people probably aren't the best for you or probably aren't, aren't motivating you or helping you out in the best ways. Oh yeah. And it's hard to, to, to cut that limb off and cauterize that wound. Like it's, it is, especially when you have, I'm not like going to go so far as to say I have a savior complex, but it's just like, it's really, I don't know when to throw in the towel and I don't know when to say, that this person is a lost cause. Mm -hmm. I almost don't believe in a lot. Like, uh, I almost don't believe in a lost cause. Like, if you're a Christian, uh, not that this is a religious thing, but like, you wouldn't say that person, God's, nah, they're a lost cause. Like, no, you, you, you don't give up. You have faith that it's not too late, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but in real life, like, there's some people that are toxic and they're cancer for you, and you need to cut them out. I, I've had to do that very recently, and it's it's hard, man. It's fucking hard. Yeah, and it's not even to the other degree too. The people that are around you that are working, like again, you guys motivate me, and I think it's a, it's a, 
not like a real recognizes real another cliche statement but it's i was just about to say hey man like what what you know you're doing this because it's a passion of yours and you love doing it and there's no reason why you're there's no reason you have to look at the like the becca podcast is like a man maybe it's better than mine like mm-hmm. hey man if it is like do you 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 have the potential to also be better so like For what's sure. the where's the gap at yeah, it's a first thought i don't live there right. but it's like that's why i haven't pulled the trigger because i'm like what if it's fucking like do i gotta tell brian that like it's better than comic chaos like fuck i can't have that conversation <laughs> oh, dude, man like you you know what's fucking even more crazy is i've had i had a couple people reach out to me friends from back home that were like, oh, I listened to your girlfriend's podcast. It was so good. I loved it. Like a lot of girls I know, right? And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I, I went back <laughs> and checked. They don't even follow my shit. Uh huh. Yet they heard about their podcast, and yeah. it's a fucking great thing. And I'm just like, yeah. what the fuck is this, dude? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many episodes from? has she has she done? Her and her co co. They just hit like 32. That's epic, 33. Dude. That's such a big deal. Oh, and like, there's a not, if she keeps it every Wednesday, she'll hit 100 before I do. I'm I, sure. And let me just say that like. As someone who's in the podcast world and I love it, it's definitely something that it's like a bread and butter of mine. I don't want to be dismissive and say like um, that a a female piloted podcast is like a gimmick. Like, yeah, it's you know, the two girls. <laughs> and I'm not saying that, but it's never been a better time for an all women podcast to get on and do really, really cool things. Like mm-hmm. it's a great time for that. And I... I, it always sucks when I when I meet and talk to women who don't listen to podcasts. I'm just like, well, maybe it's because there's not like a female Joe Rogan for them or something. Like, I don't know. But so all that just to say what they're doing is also really important. Just the fa- And it sucks. I'm not dismissing it, but it's like it's also very, very important. And so good on them for doing it. And I don't think there's like a team like that in Austin that are doing that. So whatever they're doing, it's fucking working. And so the key is consistency like yep. if they and just they keep have at it. it it's going to be good for them they and they they're not you know i've asked them and sat her down like hey because there's a there's actually a sponsor me and her kind of both talking to that we know back in california and we're kind of assessing that situation a little bit and you know they've she's got no like i don't care she's like i just want to do the podcast and as long as it stays fun if there's opportunities that come the opportunities that come the way cool we can work on it, but they don't have like any type of anything being held over their head where they're like, oh, we have to accomplish this or accomplish that. They're kind of just going with the flow right now. Uh, still figuring out the tweaks as, as it goes along. You know, I literally showed her one time how to use like the recording equipment and how to garage band it up and set it all up. And she's been fucking just rocking it ever since, man. That is so cool. Yeah, dude. They're they're great. Tired Girls Club. Everybody's interested. Tired Girls Club. And also good, good name. It's they like, talk, got, got everything. They had a sleepover at my house. What do you mean? So they had the Tired Girls Club sleepover. Okay. Right? Of course, to like commemorate some show that they did or something. And they just invited a bunch of their coworkers because they work at a hair salon. So it's a bunch of girls over mm-hmm. at the house. Mm-hmm. And there was like probably 30 chicks in my house at like one time at like the peak of it. Wow. So, and me, my, her brother who lives with us, right? And then... I didn't know that. J- yeah. So yeah, my, her brother, our other roommate, Roger, and then... Uh, Jamie, who's her co-host, mm. her husband, Alex. Oh. So it was only us four dudes that were there. So we were like in the kitchen by ourselves, just kind of like minding our own business, talking and bullshitting, right? Yeah. So they were going to do like a Tired Girls Club sleepover podcast and like interview the girls while they were there uh-huh. and like do like did this. They? No, no, no. Dang. Because I hijacked the equipment. And what we did oh. is we commentated their sleepover like it was a battle royale. That is cool. And as they would come into the kitchen, <laughs> we'd like, we'd commentate them, we'd give them all nicknames. Yeah. You know what's weird, man? Um, 
speaking about jacking the equipment, like I found um, doing a daily podcast. Uh, now tomorrow I think will be day forty. Congratulations! I, I say way. like I think like I don't know, but I think so. And thanks. Uh, I'm I haven't done anything for forty days in a row. Anything. Um, and I will say it's what's nuts is the feedback that I get. The episodes that pop are never the ones that you put the most work in. Mm. It's always like the fringe ones. Like I have a few episodes, like my numbers have been going up, but there are like three or four episodes that are like the be like most successful for me. And I recorded them on my phone. Hmm. I took out my voice memos app. I talked into my phone. I uploaded it from my phone, like copy and pasted the my description, put it on SoundCloud, which is my RSS, uh, which I'm going to change soon, whatever. And, and, and it's like on my phone. And it's very strange because, uh, especially as a filmmaker, gear, 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 gear. It's all about the fucking gear. Um, but what you can do with the phone is astounding. And I just want to tell you as a podcaster and whoever's listening, like if you have a smartphone, that's all you need to make a podcast. And I don't mean, and, and here's the thing. Like, I think when people hear that, they think, yeah, but no, but if I did a podcast, it would need to be, I would need the equipment. And it's like, okay, but you also, it, it doesn't fucking matter. Like the listeners, the message is very important. And with sound, you do want clear sound, but like, dude, it is just, that's one distinction or observation that I've made of just like, even if it's on a phone, dude, people, people like it and it's good. The message is what matters for sure. And that's, that's just a crazy thing that I wouldn't have necessarily believed, but it is true, man. Uh, one of the last, how I think we'll, obviously this episode is going to end on a dot, dot, dot. Cause I, I want to have you on again and all course, that. Um, there's no way that I don't see you on frequently, but, um, I am curious, like, since we're still in the beginning of the year, it's 2020, you know, do you still have the, the, woo, 2020, baby, like, this is it, like, you know, let's get after it, like, has that dissipated, because usually you and me um, catch up towards the end of the year, and so right. we have this kind of, like, bird's eye view of everything, but it occurred to me, like, a couple nights ago, I'm like, oh, I don't have that excitement of, like, it's 2020, baby, I don't have that anymore, but, but it's still so early in the game, like, it's, it's there, it's there. How do you feel about it? I've been kind of fucking with like the concept of time because it's just moving way too fast right now. Uh, and obviously, because we're older, that shit happens. Like we under, you know, we have less to attribute to like free time, right? And like we see our days go pretty quick. Um, so I'm still kind of working on that in like a weird way. I am still uh, excited that it's 2020. Uh, it still feels like it's still special. I don't want to. I'm like excited for the decade and I know we kind of yep. talked about that on my podcast, but like the 2020s is what I'm kind of excited for and like what's going to come of that. Um, I'm tweeting every day. That's been my thing because uh, I just feel like that's simple and I can get it out there and I'm, I haven't missed a day yet. So I'm excited for that. That's good. Uh, that doing that every single morning kind of reignites something and we're like, all right, here I'm tweeting. And then I start thinking about fucking promoting or doing posts and work and what I'm accomplishing and tasks. Um, I am, I, I try to be more prioritized as well. So I have kind of what I'm doing first quarter already kind of planned out, figured out in the process. Um, we're planning some trips for the year, which are going to be exciting that, you know, I, I like a, hopefully a Germany trip, which I've never been into to another country like that. So wow. it's going to be cool. It's a big one. Um, yeah, that, yeah, man, I'm still excited. What I'm excited for though is, is the, the process, I think like. You know, uh, in, as weird as this is, 
I've t told myself like, Hey, I'm going to tweet every single day and I'm not going to miss a day. And, and part of that is cause you're doing a podcast every day. Right. And sometimes they're one minute episodes yeah, that I upload on yeah, my phone. Yeah. And, and people need to know that. Yeah. And, but it's, yeah. you're doing it and not everything is like this level. I mean, it just couldn't be, I wish. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so that's how, that's how I approached it. And I was like, I need something simple that I can do every single day, that's right. not miss it. Yeah. Doing the tweets. And I thought to myself, man, what if something really tragic happens to like a family member of mine? Yeah. Or like I was already kind of giving myself an excuse not to tweet. Like I was yeah. saying, oh man, what if something really tragic happens and I happen to like forget about a tweet? Mm -hmm. And at this point, I'm sure I'll just tweet the tragedy, like, you know, or whatever it is and yeah. like mark that off my list. But one thing that's important to note is, um, and this is something that Gary Vee says, like it doesn't always have to be your idea either. Like a tweet, mm -hmm. you could always tweet a meme or like tweet at somebody yeah. or retweet, right? Technically. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't always have to be the 240 or however many, 280 characters, like some that. shit yeah, like that. Like it doesn't always have to be. And Twitter is weird, man. Twitter is difficult and like hard and like not hard in the sense that I don't know how to navigate it, but it's just like conversations on there are so quick and like they're over so soon because you can have so many different ones at one time. And then you've got to follow along what this aspect of the conversation is. And, it's just difficult. But for me, it's a platform I, I'm, I'm not too familiar with. So I told myself, hey, I want to get better there. And, you know, I've had probably some fucking some I've had three people that I can name off the top of my head that have gone to the podcast, gotten shirts, oh, signed yeah. up, did that through Twitter, just through my shit on Twitter. And awesome. like, that's been cool. I'm, that's awesome. Like, that's yeah. all I ask for is like some sort of engagement, a new follower that tweets at me, even if it's like. The dude that was giving us shit for the Ari Shafir thing, that guy. That could have been a bot. I thought it was a bot. I kind of thought it was too because I went to the. I've been doing that. I've been going there were, to the profiles. They, they didn't have a default they had picture. Like nine friends too, and but but bot. tweet history for a minute. Mm. And so that's what I, I thought it was like maybe a troll, like an Ari troll. I forgot what did that person say. Well, uh, he was. You were like Ari Shafir is the friend that we all need to not have or whatever to, to grow out of. To grow out of, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that he did the Kobe joke at that time either. You didn't. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. and that's and I that was part of the conversation. So me and that guy talked a little bit. I see. And part of that conversation, yeah. I was like, "This was pre Kobe joke." I didn't. The the drug and Bert thing was like a deal breaker for me. I would unfriend. Like I would be like, "You're not dead to me, but I'm done with you. I don't give a fuck." I feel like Bert can't even do it because Ari is so protected. Did you? But I would be like, I don't. I would tell everybody, all my friends, like, dude, you guys want to be friends with them? I don't give a fuck. This guy's dead to me. Did you hear that. their sober October, their final one? Yeah. Where they kind of made up? They made up, but like, I, I mean, Ari didn't hasn't done anything in my opinion, from what I've seen optically. Like, Ari didn't do anything to redeem himself or to like really pay penance or anything. And I think it just showed that Bert is a good guy. Like, he's actually a really, really good guy. Because there's something kind of. I'm not a fan of Bert's comedy. Uh, that kind of comedy just doesn't make me laugh. I actually can't even sit through one of his shows. Oh, something we didn't talk about on your show, but why why even be a dick, is when I was going on through like things that disappointed me, the worst comedy special of all time, which was um, Brendan. Oh, my the God. The worst comedy special of all fucking my time in the history um, was so bad. But uh, anyways, Bert to me doesn't make me laugh. <laughs> But um, but it, he is a nice guy, and like he forgave Ari under circumstances where I, I would have nevered. Oh shit, man! Did you see it? Oh, of course. It's, of course. It's uh, I, I don't say this lightly, but uh, it's absolute dog shit. My buddy yesterday went and saw him in San Antonio, mm. and I commented on the Instagram. I'm gonna sound like such a Cheeto finger hate, hater right now, but. <laughs> 
uh and I was like, oh, Tom Bout comedy, right? And I fucked the word up. Yeah. And then a bunch of people were like, no, you didn't, this and that. And then uh-huh. the dude who went to the show messaged me and he's like, yo, what was that about? Uh-huh. And I was like, dude, check it. Like if you're like, follow, first of all, follow the fighter and the kids subreddit. Cause you're about to get introduced to some gold. So oh, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? So they fucking did like a subreddit for fighter and the kid way back in the day where they were hyped. And I went to the very first ever live fighter and the kid at the comedy store when I was living in California. You're a I'm a old school fighter and the kid fan back when they named him big Brown Abbott Kenny fight club. He was still fighting. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm a old school fan and I appreciated oh. Brendan because he was coming up oh, and like okay. paying his dues a little bit. Right. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, coming yeah. in and he was, he, the Rogan talk obviously. And like he, you know was was that's doing, one of the all-time greatest podcasts ever yeah, yes, ever yes and we're talking about the same one where he goes hey i think you should stop fighting dude. i think you'd be surprised yes dude yes yes and Sorry. so uh <laughs> and seeing Ugh. all that into what and i this is what i told him i'm like hey listen man oh, first of all God. i'm a homeless cat and my opinion does not matter uh-huh. but the reason that i'm not on that train anymore is because you know, the evolution is, it's there. He's so, his comedy special, the reason it was so bad is because he lied. Like, as anybody that's a comic or or a comedy fan, like, there's obviously a little bit of a blurring the lines. Lied. But when you're, when you explain what your story is as oh. you're coming up, uh-huh. and then within the two years that you've been coming up, you have a comedy special that everybody's already kind of questioning. And your main bit at the end about fucking seeing whoever you saw in the crowd, Leo and Hulk Hogan and whoever at your fight Uh and you change your stories Mm. like as the hardcore fan that knows you. I didn't know that. Why are you using a different story now? You're appealing to like your fan base that probably doesn't know your fight career. You're appealing to the fan base that probably doesn't know the original story that is recorded and on air. Right. And yet you're, you know, you're, you're, you're putting up a unnecessary facade and you're doing it. Yeah. Because you're on a hot streak right now and you're gaining new fans and yet right. you're homeless cats that have been your fucking followers for a long time and supported you. You know, you're you're I also think he's breaking face a lot when it comes to how he how he treats certain situations when it comes to like uh, feedback and criticism. And, you know, I think that he fucking got the stream shut down on Reddit like he's not a fucking <laughs> I don't know. He's kind of a douche. He's kind of a douche. And I supported him. I've he's taken my money like not and I don't mean to say he's taken it in a way where you've like you've paid for him I have willingly supported Brendan Schaub right. and the fighter and the kid I love Brian Callen and I'm fucking Same. hey I like Brendan like he's just doing his thing right and he may right. not have maybe the best people around him maybe right. whatever I don't know the story sure. but as a fan and me allowing to have the fan perspective right. he's alienated his original fans and he's alienated the people that I think supported him when he was coming up because they saw the real in that they saw the real that he was trying to make it in comedy he was you know funny he was doing the podcast nobody was willing to go into podcasts he was outspoken about how UFC was screwing him you know he didn't fight because he thought he was getting fucked he had to have that tough conversation in front of millions of people with Rogan which is not fucking easy like I would never want to be that guy I would hope that I have homies around me that could have that conversation with me for real for real but um i could never like that's a fucking hard one but it's i i i love that podcast like you know this is no this is fine but um i had a a heart to heart with somebody i'll just say like a big one like like a this is the last time i'm i'm gonna talk to you and so here's everything and uh to get into that state i heard that podcast and i was just like 
it come, you have to remember it comes from love. Like Joe came from a, I love you, bro. Like, I'm not saying you suck. I'm just saying, I love you. And so, you know, you have other buckets that are, that are becoming full. Right. And so that's an all timer podcast. Like I love it. Everybody, whether if you're in that scene or not, like needs to listen to it. But, um, yeah, that, that special was like dicey. And here's the thing, like the comedy world, what I love is that everybody like right now, especially since stand up is so white hot and it deserves to be like, it's awesome. The community is so good. And like, there's like a brotherhood there where it's like, no one, no one has poo pooed him. That's interesting mm. to me. I haven't seen it. Bobby I, Lee. Has he? Bobby Lee. Goes, Thank I, you, Bobby Lee. So, but a part of me thinks it's a click thing. A part of me thinks they're trolling because you know that like Burton, Theo Vaughn were like trolling everybody with that whole wife. What's this? I mean, I don't know if we need to get into it, but there's apparently like a thing where like Theo fucked Bert's wife like back in the day. Oh, that can't be real. Uh, well, people thought it was, but they were just trolling. Right? Oh, sure. And it like Twitter trolled. Like okay. Theo made a comment on the King of the Sting, and it okay. like, made a fucking thing. Did you hear about Shab Audi and Rogan? No. Do they got heat? I mean, he had to go on air and apologize about it. <laughs> I, need, I need to hear this. What is this? So, uh, Ro- Shab was on The King and the Sting, and he talked about, like, he had a fan question where a bald guy was talking about how he can't get any, and he's, you know, doesn't have self-confidence, doesn't have any of this, and Shab was like, hey, I know a bunch of bald guys that are slanging it. White, Dana White, Rogan, and then he kind of, like, looks like, and then Chin or whoever the people are kind of giggle. Mm-hmm. And he like kind of cuts it. Well, like a week later, they do a fight companion. And mm-hmm. Rogan's showing Eddie Bravo something. And mm-hmm. then he shows Brian Callen something. And Shab was like, let me see. And Rogan goes, hand that to Shab, But tell him to keep his fucking mouth shut. Yeah. And Eddie like off camera goes, not on your podcast. And like jokes about it, right? And yeah. he's like, so, but there's like a thing. Like it was just a joke. It was just like that. an out thing. Yeah. You got the MMA streams shut down. Like mm. fucking... Mm-hmm. Yeah, charges eighty bucks to get a picture with him after a show. Come on, oh no, you fucking been in the comic for like four years. It's weird. Like I respect him. I dig what he does. He uh, oh respect. Like there's respect there. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. And also like if if you can carve out your real estate and and plant your flag and be like this is my space and and people show up, well, Mazel Tov, right? Like no, I ain't gonna complain for that, but. I just thought it was suspect that since he's so in that scene that no one was just like, dude, that special was dog shit. It was just so bad. Like, you know, and, and it's like you almost, I don't want to say lose your seat at the table, but you should get, you should get shat on for that. Because if you were anybody else in your infancy of your career, you'd get shat on. Oh yeah. 100%. So why should he be immune to that? That's conspicuous to me. Like, I'm not in the scene. I don't. I'm not at the table. But if this was like film world and indie film world, and like Knives is a guy, I would definitely at least have a um, private conversation with this person to be like, dude, what, 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 what? That's not an hour. That wasn't an hour. Like that was not an hour. Like holy fuck. Like holy shit. Like he should have been, um, like laughed at, and almost should have like had that conversation of like you shouldn't be doing this only so he could step up and get better and then the next time around like shove it up everybody's ass and be like you see i do deserve this that's the way that should go and i think he has a work ethic for that but the fact that he kind of just got a free pass 
I always question the free pass when it comes to anybody or anything. And that's what it is. It's it's a free pass, you know. And I mean, even to he he kind of even saved face a little bit by going on Rogan right after and saying that yeah, he probably shouldn't have done it so soon, you know, which was kind of nice to to hear and and to you know he's vulnerable at times and that's cool. But yeah. Having said all that, like he's he's funny on the shows. Like he's he's funny. Like he's a funny. I haven't listened to a fighter and the kid in so long. Oh really? They did he, like a like an episode five hundred or something recently, and like Bobby was on it, and it was funny. But um, I hear their clips. I don't hear their full episodes, but I do hear clips. Like when they talk about um, you should follow like that the, sub the Kobe thing. I'll check it out. Reddit is the only social media that hurts my feelings. Why? Do you post? Yeah. Like, do you? I mean, I'm not. I'm not an avid. I poster, could never be. I, will post. I got I my could first never 50 be, uploads. Either. I would be an anon. Like, I could never be Knives Monroe on Reddit. That's for fuck sure. Um, I remember. Um, I don't even want to say it because people will dig shit up. But um, I wrote a very passionate like. Why did I post it in Reddit? Like it was just like a read the room knives. Like I wrote a very passionate diatribe, that, I didn't even know. I wasn't supposed to say in Reddit apparently and people were just like shat in my mouth for this and I deleted the post oh, and, damn I, it. I, was and I was just like you, well it? fuck y'all then man like nobody's on my side fuck y'all it had something to do with like I left my hometown and I came to Austin for like more opportunities it was like on in that sentiment and I posted it like in the in my hometown Reddit thing and people were just like like attacking my character like it was just so personal and i was like you can't say like i basically was like these bullets ain't fucking worth this shit like i was like fuck that and like i'll be on reddit like i'll follow some things it's a great place for You're memes and news You're yeah oh for sure lurker. but i can i ain't gonna participate i ain't i am not i'm not like it's i'm not I'll, old school reddit i have guys that signed up for reddit in like 2007 2008 or like right are you for real time. oh yeah my, my roommate signed up for it when he was in the military when he was overseas and he's like, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's just another meme center now. Like it's gotten a lot of like, it's a, any other social media when it used to have like a Tum high regard. That was Tumblr was that for me. Yeah, but now, you can't, now you can't life. post porn on Tumblr no more. So it's like, no, you can't, you can't. But I mean, there's plenty of, I mean, that's what Reddit's for yeah, and, and Twitter. For I was going to say, you can also go to Reddit and see like sudden faces of death shit and like almost oh, yeah. unexpectedly, like accidental shoe loss has someone dying every day. Oh my word. No, I follow, I think it's like. I think it's just called unexpected. Oh yeah, yeah. And every now and then you see a. I don't want to see that, you yeah. know. And it's like, it's, it is. My girlfriend a, hates nature is metal. I'll show her nature is metal, oh, like a fucking I, deer it, with its lungs hanging out. See, I'm okay with like, that why? because it's not like because it's nature? Uh, it's nature. Like it's not a it's not a human being like you know torturing a puppy or something. Like I don't want to see who the fuck wants to see that. But um, so you looked at the clock. And I know. I'm sorry. I didn't no, mean to do that. my no, phone no, no. vibrated. Actually, it's but. a, it's a, uh, it's, it's a big show today. Like, uh, when, when was the last time John fought? Uh, he, um, Cormier. No, his last fight was Tiago Santos in. Oh, it like was October. That wasn't or that long ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. He won. Split decision. Um, so they say he's the best fighter. Um, I will say I don't picture him losing tonight. Uh, then again, I never thought I'd see uh, Anderson Silva lose so anything can fucking happen for mm -hmm. sure uh what do you think is gonna happen i mean he's the goat hands down greatest ever um i think that there's a good chance if all the stars are aligned dominic race definitely has the power to put him to sleep uh by a knockout i don't think john jones is getting submitted um hmm. 
And yeah, I mean, I, I, I see a either a decision or a late stoppage from Jones. Uh, if Dominic Reyes does win, he's going to have to get it done within the first two rounds because one thing that John Jones is phenomenal at is figuring out another person's game plan, like in the moment. John Jones is, and he'll do that post-fight. Hey, I noticed this, so I had to adjust. Hey, I noticed this, so I had to adjust. He is a freak when it comes to those terms. Uh, so if it makes it past second round, John Jones is probably going to have Dominic's number, be able to figure out what he's going to do, when he's going to do it, hit him with some tricky shit, some weird elbows, some tight clinch work. I'd be really excited if he took him down because Jones hasn't wrestled a whole lot lately. So that'd be kind of interesting to see if he if he utilizes his wrestling. He's got just the most brutal ground and pound, so if he can get it down there. There is a height difference, so Dominic Reyes is like four inches taller than Jones, three or mm. four inches taller than Jones, but Jones still has a longer reach. Mm. And he's just fucking, he's the GOAT, man. I don't see him ever losing. In I would the, love to see him and Brock. Him and Stipe. I That'd mean, Brock good. to me is... He's, he's, a, he's not coming back. He's a downloadable character. There's nothing interesting about D- Brock. DLC? Yeah. I would just love to see Brock get his ass kicked. Yeah, he's too old now. Yeah, I think any, I think there's a couple heavyweights that could probably kick his ass. Mm. Good, t- good stuff, man. Uh, I'm gonna look forward to it. I'm gonna check it out. I, I may, I may stop by. Might do a, a nice little yeah, stoppage thing. That'd be really cool. Appreciate the invite, um, dude. We finally did it. Appreciate I had you, you on the I'm show. I'm so excited, dude. This sorry is so I cool. rambled. I didn't no, have, I mean, see, th- I need outlines. That's I need the outlines goal. and talking points. And... Fuck all that. That's that. <laughs> th- th- this ain't Fox News, man. We come here and we just have a good time. It's a conversation. And like when you were going, I was just like, I'm surfing. I'm surfing this wave right here, man. It's Perfect. just me and the wave. So, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Thank you, man. Um, Appreciate you. I don't want to end the show without you, and I, I probably did it when I took a piss. But like, where can people find you on the internet? Commonchaos.net. Um, and of Brian of Death on Instagram, Twitter, all that. Of Brian, O-F-B-R-Y-A-N, of Death, of Brian of Death. We got to do this again. Of course. Appreciate 100%. it. 100%. Love you. Never ever believe anything you hear. And believe only half of what you see. And always, 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 forever and ever and ever, put a force field around your heart.